This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Brody King and you're listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 134. Really creeped out because Nia Jax won't stop staring at me from behind. I'm Nick Howell. And I'm not sure what is harder, trying to beat Sekiro Shadows Die Twice or sitting through the third hour of Raw. I am Surrey and Dangerous, and welcome to the show this week. Welcome to the Busted Wide Open Podcast podcast everybody and thank you for joining us once again we have a lot a lot to discuss this week because we are heading towards money in the bank over in wwe we had a whole bunch of stuff go down with that this week we had all the participants get announced we had a bunch of other matches get booked we also had outside of wwe we had impact had its rebellion pay-per-view nwa had the crockett cup there's a lot of title changes over there new japan is on the road to Dontaku, and there, we got listener questions to get through this week nick we have a ton of stuff to talk about, Yes, and that's awesome. But first, let's do some housekeeping. If you guys aren't in the Busted Wide Open discussion group, you definitely want to be there. Head over to Facebook.com, look for Busted Wide Open, hit that join button, get right in. You can also follow us over on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. And if you love this show and want to support what we do, head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers to get access to show notes, the ability to ask listener questions every single week, bonus episodes, swag, all kinds of good stuff over there at Patreon.com slash BWO. Ian, I'm very excited about the uh, Money in the Bank participants that got announced this week, especially for the men. There's some really what? good contenders in there. What? Oh man, you and I you and I are coming from different worlds what? on that. I was I was very much not excited about the men, but much more excited about the women. The men to me it seems pretty cut and dry. But uh I, you know we can't talk about that yet, Nick. We have to wait for that. And first, we have to go talk about the big news. Well, not to be outdone by Enzo Amore, uh, Leo Rush apparently backstage is uh, trying to one-up him apparently because he's going to encompass the entire big news segment this week. Yeah, it's it's all about Leo Rush this week. <laughs> I Initially, it's funny, I wasn't going to have uh, a big news segment at all this week and then this Leo Rush stuff has just blown up in the last 24 to 48 hours. It's, it's been growing and growing all week. This started with these rumors that were getting circulated that uh, he had backstage heat in WWE. People were getting pissed off by him. 
And those rumors included, allegedly, that he brought his wife to rehearsals, which is a no-no. He let her change in the woman's locker room, which irritated some of the women wrestlers. He also, at one point, there was an incident where there was a group associated with him that had no credentials to be there, but they were wandering around backstage, and when they were told to leave, they they yelled at and got into it with a female security guard. He also, uh, Leo, refused to carry bags and water for senior talent, including uh, Bobby Lashley, apparently, on the European tour and some other etiquette issues that uh, newer. So it's typical in WWE that the freshman class, the rookies, will carry bags, carry water, show respect to the older talent, to the senior talent. That does. That's not just WWE. Yeah, for those every of you sport who, does this. Who immediately smell hazing and what? That's every sport ever. Basketball team, baseball team, football team. Man, some of the stuff I've heard coming out of football locker rooms makes carrying bags and water sound like heaven. So apparently he had issues with that. Uh, his exact quote was when he was asked about that. He said that it uh, uh, it it looked bad. It it was a bad look to have a young black man carrying. Uh, let me get this straight. The look of a black kid carrying waters and bags for other wrestlers is just not a good look, especially when I'm trying to portray myself as a superstar as well. So Rush did give an interview to Fightful.com about all of this, and uh, he, gave, he, he addressed a lot of it, including the fact he was supposedly had uh, heat with Finn Balor, of all people, because Finn, I guess, told him that his wife wasn't welcome at rehearsals or that it was, a, it was against etiquette, and Leo didn't take that well. And uh, he, he apparently has cleared everything up with Finn. He says Finn and I are cool. And he's cool with Bobby Lashley. He said that he had speaking confidence now that he didn't know he had. He was never a promo guy, but being with Bobby made him a promo guy. And now that's his on-screen role. The problem is, is that he's been on meet and greets with Bobby and hasn't been getting paid for the merchandise for the two of them that has Leo's catchphrases on them. He says, I have been sent to live shows and TVs and forced to pay for my own rental for five days as well as hotel while not making enough money to do so. Walking around broke in the biggest sports entertainment industry that there is while having two kids and a wife to support. He went on with this Fightful interview to say, it's not about race and it never has been, but public perception is important to me. And when we have fans that travel all over the globe and watch us get off of buses and hotels, it's not okay uh, to have him carrying water, etc. So... That's that's kind of where all of this started. In addition, uh, he, recently we found out he was offered this week a five-year, $300,000-a-year contract, and he turned it down and asked for it to be doubled, saying that if they couldn't double it, to release him if they wanted to, as they would find out what he was worth when he went elsewhere. Oh. So now that, yeah. So now there's a possibility. Uh, there was, there's a rumor that he might be, get, be getting sent back to NXT and repackaged, which <laughs> I... Which, by the way, so I'm, I'm interpreting that. My personal speculation is if that is the case, that's their way of saying we're going to take him down to a place where we have to pay him as little as possible and then drop him in 2020 when his contract is up. Basically, you know, because he, obviously the stipulation, depending on where he's working, whether it's NXT or main roster, he gets paid a different amount. Down in NXT, he gets paid a lot less. 70000 a year, I believe, is the standard rate. Uh, and then you know that would pay him that for this year, and then by 2020. So, there are people have responded to this within the industry. The most Im- interesting one to me has been Mark Henry, who came out today and, and uh, or yesterday actually in an interview and said that Le- he had approached Leo Rush 
and said, uh, you know, what's going on? Is there something going on backstage? And Leo said, nah, it's all cool. And Mark Henry spoke to other people and found out it was not cool. And so now he believes that Leo lied to his face, quote, lied to his face. And he was not happy about that. For context, it's important to set that Mark Henry over the last few months, four to six months, has kind of become the backstage sort of locker room mentor leader guy. He's stepped up. He's holding people accountable. We've talked about that here on the show. He's, he's taken that very big step that guys like Taker and Kane used to to hold well he's he's not even i mean in the last few months like the last few years this guy has been a mentor to a lot like apollo cruz i know he mentored daniel bryan back in the day so that he mentored him i know some of the uh the newer nxt guys have have called him out baron corbin uh i've saw i've seen him with bianca belair so um and i know oh uh braun Strowman said that big show and mark henry were the two guys that mentored him the most so i know mark henry has been uh, on record as being a huge mentor to people and someone who likes to come in, especially with the young black talent like Apollo Crews, etc., and mentor them on how to how to negotiate it. Because you know, when you, th- when you think about it, when Mark Henry came into the WWE, it was a different world. They portrayed Mark Henry in blackface at one point. You know, they had the the Degeneration X came out in blackface, and one of the people that they mocked was Mark Henry. He made it through that. He was one of the guys that came out when the whole Hulk Hogan thing. Uh, went down and was the public face of WWE's response to that and and the African-American community's response to that. So he's he's definitely a guy that, in Leo Rush's position, would be the first dude that you went to and talked to these things about. But it sounds like Leo's just kind of on his own with this, negotiating it himself. And and to be clear, the after the Fightful interview... Uh, the 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 source that initially broke this story within WWE said that 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 the person who broke the story said that they didn't think that Leo Rush was a bad person. He's just arrogantly oblivious to what a WWE gig requires, quote unquote. So obviously, this is something where they're trying to teach this kid, but he might just be too far up his own ass to hear it. Is this young kid entitlement? Can we boil it down to that? Is, I mean, it is it new generation stuff? It could just be entitlement in general. Sure. I don't know if, we, if you want to lump this in with like the Sasha Banks issue. I don't think she's quite as entitled as, as Leo Rush is coming across here. I think there's much more nuance to what's happening with her. It, it, to me, I would have to agree. Mark Henry, one other thing he said was, if you can't pay for a rental car, you can't pay for a hotel, with the money that you're making every week, then you need to change the way you're spending. You can't blame that on the office. If you spent everything before you got it, that's your problem. And I'm sorry, if, if uh, $300,000 a year, $200,000 a year, $100,000 a year is not enough for you to get a rental car and a hotel for a week, something's wrong. Something's the seriously wrong. The people making wrong. 70 to 100 in NXT doing all those live shows all over the country. Well, they get bussed around for the most part, so sure. there is that. But at the same time, you know, he can't be looking at it and saying, well, what money I made this week should be going directly to my expenditures this week. Yeah, if you, that kind if, of if you choose kind to of rent an Escalade for your family instead of riding the <laughs> bus and transportation that WWE provides, that's on you. Well, there is a there's a <laughs> there's a clip that people were circulating of him in a uh, I think it was a Maserati and uh, it was Lashley in a Mustang or something like that, and everyone got worked by it. It was actually in Cafe, but everyone immediately was like, "He's renting Maseratis." What are you thinking? He deserves everything he gets. But that's not true. So don't get worked by that if you see it. But that being said, it does seem like Leo Rush is uh, he's 
Yeah, he needs to get up off his high horse and come back down to where everyone else is. Yes. So that is our big story for this week. If you're wondering where Leo Rush was this week, that's where he was. He was he not was busy. on TV. <laughs> he was he was busy pissing everybody off. So, and I'm sorry when you piss off Mark Henry and Finn Balor, two of the most level-headed backstage leaders there are. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Well, that's it for the big news, guys, but we got to get ready and start to- heading down the road for Money in the Bank, and to do that, we've got to start with Monday Night Raw. Well, as you said, Nick, we are on the road to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and it started off this week with WWE announcing the contestants for the Money in the Bank match, both men and women, specifically Little Miss Bliss. Alexa Bliss had her Moment of Bliss segment twice on the show today, once in ring and once at the top of the stage. The first one in ring was for the men's Money in the Bank participants, and they she ran down who it was one by one. And in order, I believe, I've got this in order, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin. Obviously, just the four men from Raw, there were four from SmackDown announced the next night. Those are the four from Raw. And they all talked smack to each other to varying degrees of awkwardness before having a tag match, Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin, which was uh, an okay match considering that the verbal sparring that got us there was subpar at best. Let's throw uh, all of our catchphrases at each other one at a time and then yeah. get these hands, ding, ding, ding. And then when Ricochet tries to talk, he says, I'd rather use actions than words. And Drew McIntyre cuts him off and goes, then shut up. Yeah. And it was just like, that I, was that. Okay. Uh, I will say uh, Drew McIntyre kind of stole this segment for me. I, I was very he entertained. He did, but unfortunately, I felt like he hijacked the segment. He stole it so much where other people just couldn't figure out what to say back to him because he was shutting everyone down so hard. Finally, Braun Strowman just went on a rant and we had a match. So hey. that was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I have two Pretty things much. I want to say about this. One, did, have I just missed it up until now, or did I hear a bullet ricocheting before Ricochet's music started playing? You have missed it until now, about a week or so after Alistair Black got his stupid creaking sound with his rising oh, slab. Oh, God. They, they put just a, won't leave well enough alone. They put a kapwing on Ricochet. Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced that, that every time Vince gets something right with this, like fiddling around and tweaking with things, he's then convinced that he should do it 10 more times. He got burn it down right for Seth Rollins. Remember that it never used to be there. He never used to have burn it down in his song. And it was just a silence, kind of this cool pause before it kicked back in. And then one week, they all of a sudden, some random dude screaming, burn it down in the middle of his song. And as you and I noted, Nick, it was at the wrong timing in the beat of the song. And it was, it was terrible. But then the next week, they had it tweaked just a little bit. It was lined up. So it was that perfect moment, and it worked. And now it's like the greatest thing in his song. Well, Vince, I guess, saw that and was like, oh, I'm a genius. I should do it again. Yeah. And now is adding little tweaks and everything to everyone's freaking entrances. <laughs> the second thing I want to say about this is there were no stakes here. There were no like qualifiers to be entrance into the Money in the Bank ladder match. Nope. There's, for, across Those the board. Stakes. Just 
Just like, da, 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 okay, da, da, da. well, here's Alexa Bliss, and she's going to announce it, and yeah, da, 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 da. Yep. here's the people. Yeah, it's kind of okay. like the superstar shakeup. They didn't explain to us how people are getting shook up, why, who's in charge of it, what the stakes are, where they're going, why they're going where they're going, what the negotiations are, what they're getting paid, why they would want to go to one brand or not another, why people can jump back and forth across brands like Andrade. But we don't talk about that. It just is arbitrarily happening, and the same thing is here. The problem is, is that makes us just not care. Give us a reason. Give us, make these people, make us believe that they care whether or not they're in this match. There was a little bit of that on SmackDown with the women's side, people caring yeah, whether or not true. they're in the match. But here it was just like, Meh, you're in the match. And I'll be honest with you, not really excited about the men's side. Ricochet, we know, is just going to be there to be a spot monkey. He's not winning this thing. Corbin, no one wants him in this match. Strowman won it last. And he's not going to win it again. And then McIntyre, honestly, is my pick to win it all. But the he's the only reason I'd be excited at all. I'm not even that excited about him being in it. I just think he's going to win. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, Drew McIntyre is going to be in it. Great. Cool. My, mine's on SmackDown for what it's worth. Your pick is on SmackDown? Yes. We'll talk about that when we get I there. I look forward to adding to the Naya Shrine. <laughs> as, as we were saying, uh, so yeah, so we had the tag match, of course, uh, Ricochet and Strowman went over when Corbin and McIntyre turned on each other because they've been having beef for the last few weeks. Corbin tried his sneaky tactics again. McIntyre didn't like it, punched him in the mush, and uh, Corbin ate the pin after a big old slam and a, a 630, or uh, sorry, shooting star press from Ricochet. So we then also had the women's money in the bank announced in a freaking, I thought the, I thought the men's segment was awkward. Oh, dear God. <sighs> Alexa Bliss on the top of the stage announcing the women's entrance one by one. First one announced Natalia. Great. Who, you know, is always very exciting on the mic. <laughs> and then she comes out and gives a little speech and is interrupted by Dana Brooke, whose word of the day uh, apparently was, uh, what does she keep saying? I, I, opportunity. I, I, I blocked this. Off. Opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity. Opportunity. You get all the opportunities. I don't get any opportunities. I couldn't, I couldn't remember what she said beyond staring at her duck lip. I just, I can't unsee Her and Natalia it. both. Her over, well, dude, Natalia looks like she at least evened it out. It looks like Dana Brooke could only afford the top lip when they were, <laughs> when they were injecting her. Uh, it's, it's, it's bad. And, and she has a hard time talking around it and apparently forgot everything that she learned in NXT and promo class because she is absolutely lost it on the mic. So they, they were having a hard time, uh, looking realistically like they were talking to each other and I'm going to win the match. No, I'm going to win the match. No, I'm going to win the match before we are mercifully interrupted by Naomi who quickly went right back into, no, I'm going to win the match. Right. And uh, then, of course, Alexa Bliss announced that she herself was the final entrant and that, no, no, she was going to win the match. Y'all love her. Whoop-dee-doo. All the women stared at each other. This was honestly about as unexciting and unrevolutionary, unwomen's revolutionary as I could possibly imagine. It was, it was one big cringe for me, Nick. How was it for you? This was Bailey. This is your life bad. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Nothing. This was nothing awful. is that bad. This was about as bad as it gets. And I'm not just knocking the women. I would say the same thing if the the men's side was not much better. Let's be clear. Bailey, this is your life, and a proctology exam are on the same rung of life, as far as I'm concerned. They're right around there. I would take this over proctology. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, I'd still rather watch Bailey. This is your life than than proctology, but. 
Okay, uh, I I get what you I get what you're putting down. I, no, this I agree. The Natalia and Dana thing was just abysmal. Like, give Alexa and Naomi some time, and they can they can work themselves up into something good and end up in a good match. I, I n- the four of these none of these four women are winning. Well, the this. problem was is that Naomi and Alexa got into it verbally, and they ended up actually having a match, Nick, and it was. The drizzling shits. It was an awful... It was probably the worst <laughs> match I saw this week. It was awful, the match that they had. I've never heard that before. The drizzling shits. That's- yes. Well, every time that, that I see a match this bad, I'm going to have to call it that because it was just Alexa Bliss complaining about how her shoes were untied the entire match, and then... Then why Naomi did you not- wear Vans? Come not on. Naomi, uh, oh, I can't, I can't fight under these conditions. My shoes, meh, 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 meh. As an excuse to not actually like do any wrestling, it wasn't even a wrestling match. It was just like a, a shtick match. Ultimately, Naomi wins with a split-legged moonsault. Whoop the frickin' do! There's seven minutes out of my life I missed. Yeah, I'm never getting back. That was that was the worst uh, thing I watched this week. I, was I just, Naomi versus Alexa? Uh, Terrible. Agreed. Uh, that whole segment end to end of the announcing the women's Money in the Bank thing, including the match, awful. One of the worst yeah. things I've seen in a long time. Yes, but luckily there was some good stuff as well on Raw. Oh, yeah. Like the the Seth and AJ segment. At the end of the show, we had Seth and AJ getting together to sign a contract. We all know how this goes. It's gonna they're gonna be in front of a piece of paper, they're gonna run their mouths, and at some point someone's gonna say something's gonna piss the other person off. We're gonna get some physicality. Yes. By the by the playbook, that's what happened. I can't say that any of the stuff that they really rattled back and forth really mm, electrified me it was a lot of aj saying oh seth you're supposed to be the new aj but you can't be because i'm aj and seth being i never wanted to be aj i am the only seth rollins i did what you couldn't i beat brock lesnar <laughs> whoop de doo so none of that lit me on fire a lot of aj you know flipping I mean? his hair a lot of his, his hair is getting long as long as mine is for everyone who complains about the wet hair baby oil look that's why they yeah. do it that's why you do it. That's why I cut off my long hair is when you're a bartender and you're spitting hair out of your mouth or you're doing like the Fabio head flip when every time you come up from getting a beer, it sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. I posted so, a picture this week in the group for those of you that uh, got to see it of why they wet their hair. If I could walk around with my hair wet all the time, <laughs> I would. It's past my shoulders uh, at this point. And yeah. it's, when it's freshly showered and blown out uh yep. it's you're officially at wild man of borneo stage yeah, i right look now, like sir. a bass player for a slayer cover band or something when you we know? started this show i was the long-haired rocker hippie dude and then you were like the the corporate dude with the short haircut and the gel look and now look at us yeah we've completely reversed look what <laughs> look what doing a podcast for a couple of years old do to you i'm all straight laced and you look like uh hansen's or sorry what's the name now ivar Ivar's younger brother with much better head of hair yes. and uh, in much better shape. Oh, thank you. But but nowhere near as athletic. Not near as much cottage cheese on my thighs. No, <laughs> that's for sure. But you also can't run as much as he does, I don't that's think. That's true. Yeah. That guy's got a tank. Anyway, I can't cartwheel we, nearly as good as he can either. Oh, no. He's got a magnificent cartwheel. <laughs> but we digress uh, significantly. Going back to Seth and AJ, uh, yeah, this was actually, this ended up being good because then they got physical. And of course, the whole draw of these two guys isn't them talking, especially AJ, who's sorry, Seth's a better promo by a long shot. And AJ really talked most of the segment. It was the physicality and they got into it and it was great. It was a bunch of nice crisp moves. And then finally, AJ does a phenomenal forearm off 
the ropes onto Rollins, who goes through a table. That was a great way to end the show. I'm looking forward to two of these, two of these guys getting into a match. I can't say I'm looking forward to the build. I don't know. Are they? Is AJ kind of going heel here? What did you sense? Like, because he was kind of arrogant and cocky and had a couple of like little heel mannerisms. What did you sense here? Without giving too much of my hear me out crazy fantasy booking that I've been diligently working on for oh, the ten dollar patrons, uh, th- I'm up to SummerSlam, guys. We're getting I'm ready so to re- scared. Yeah, I'm oh, so scared. So without giving too much away, yes, I absolutely think it's time for AJ to flip. I think it's going to add more to this feud. Really? I hope we get it long term here um, because I think Roman's gone. He's going after the champion. I think Money in the Bank's going to be over on the SmackDown side. I think Seth and AJ carrying us all the way, possibly all the way into the fall uh, and you know into the new TV deals could be fantastic. Let them let those two just run raw, get out of the way and just let them do their thing. And mm. I think they're gonna. It's going to be a good time. I think having another top heel on Raw might be over. Stocking the heel uh, side of things, but that could just be me. Uh, but then again, who knows what you have planned with your crazy booking over there? Oh yeah. We also had uh, speaking of brawls. You guys are Becky. not going to see this coming, by the way. <laughs> oh, no one's going to see this coming. Yes. Oh my god, you guys, you don't even know how much this guy goes off the rails when it comes to booking. But the, your your fantasy booking is literally that fantasy. But just hear me fantasy. out. Hear me like out. high, high fantasy. And I'm not talking about elves and dwarves. I'm talking about you must be high to have actually booked this. Yes. So moving over to the Becky and Lacey feud. Yep. Becky came out, cut a promo about how uh, she punches people in the mush when they get in her way. She likes getting punched. Ooh, <laughs> and uh, then, of course, at a certain point, Lacey comes out, says, you better keep running your mouth because you don't want to run into me. And they jump at each other and have a big old brawl out the ring, a pull-apart brawl outside the ring. I got to say, dude, this was awesome. I love these two ladies getting physical. It's It was good stuff. Poor John uh, Cone's hair got all kinds of messed up in this segment. <laughs> I don't know if you well, noticed that or not, but he had big his gel in his hair just spiked straight up. Because <laughs> there was a moment where he got right in between the, uh, the, the bosoms, I'll say, yes, of Lacey and yes. Becky. And yes. his, they basically, he tried to duck out of the way and it just took his hair straight up. <laughs> you know, if your hair is getting pushed straight up into the air by a pair of heaving bosoms, your your life is going pretty well. So I have no empathy for John Cone there. All, all it needs he, is a Brazzers tag down in the middle. He's you know? <laughs> just fine. I noticed Lacey wasn't wearing her, her uh, smear proof mascara either because that's the kind of. That's the kind of brawl this was. This was they were up on each other, beating the crap out of each other. Uh, it, it was good stuff, and I liked it. And I like this kind of energy and heat with this feud. Considering that on the other side with the Charlotte thing, we already know Becky and Charlotte have heat, and they can work a strong, stiff match. So I think Lacey needed to step up in this regard. Even though no one wants to see Becky and Charlotte anymore, I do kind of want to see Lacey and Becky because of the level of intensity that they're throwing at these brawls that they're having. Yeah, And this is this is night and day from the women's segment earlier with, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. This is two women punching the crap out of each other because they can't even be in the same room together without hitting each other. That's awesome. That's the heat you want in a feud. I want to see this match. I really do. Me too. That, so well done. That's how it's uh, here's the question, to be. though, for you, Sir Ian Dangerous. Is we've got a couple weeks at least to get to Money in the Bank, where they actually have the match for the Raw Women's Championship. Is there enough here to carry us all the way home to Money in the Bank? 
I mean, this is the sad thing is that I want I would have loved to have seen this brawl the night before because then when I would have gone in hot to the pay per view, going, yeah, give me that match. This should have been the go home thing. Yeah. Brawl, I don't know right? what they're gonna do to to keep this going. It's like deja vu. We we've been here before, guys. We yeah. we've, we've talked about this kind of like, why are you doing this now? It makes yeah, me gonna... think that they're going to overbook this and add something else to it. <laughs> oh, God, Nick. Imagine no. that. They've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we got two weeks left. Maybe do like one of those contract signings, find, find a new twist on it, and then have another one where they both cut promos, have Lacey do another squash. I don't know. Just It does seem like they're a little bit preemptive with this level of physicality, but at this point, fine. I, I, I was excited this week. Let's see what they pull out next week. Yeah. We also had so uh, Nick, we got to talk about the tag team division again. Oh, and I, I don't know, Nick. I know that you sometimes watch the Hulu edition instead of the uh, the full Raw. Correct. So I don't know. You probably missed some of this. Usos versus the Good Brothers. Obviously, the was Usos not on won. the Hulu edition. No, but the Usos won. Nice, yeah. nice to see the Good Brothers on TV. Nice to nice to be told during the Superstar Shakeup they were on Raw. We're still going. The Superstar Shakeup's still going on. How disorganized is this? But at the end of all this, the Usos made fun of the revival by showing a video that they had allegedly taken backstage where they peeked into the bathroom and the, the revival was in the showers shaving each other's backs. And this was apparently cause for hilarity from the Usos. Out came the revival to refute this, saying, Hey, man, we've known each other for 20 years. I'm a little bit of a hairy man. He gets my back, I get his. It's just, it's bro code. And the Usos were like, uh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you shave each other's backs. <laughs> Stupid gay revival. <laughs> it was one of those things. It just, it screamed of Vince juvenile McMahon. stupidity to me. <laughs> yeah! It was, it was, I mean, it's not Drake Maverick pissing himself, but it's a stone's throw away. Here's the thing. It's been reported that the revival turned down a five-year, $500,000 a year contract. And that each. as a result, each, each each and as a result they were being punished by wwe by being written into a stupid segment like this and forced to go through with it to me here's if okay let's assume let's assume that we don't know that wwe actually does things like this because we know they do we know they are that petty but let's assume for a second that they're not let's assume that they just did this because they thought it would be a good idea and a funny segment to have their ex tag team champions made out to be fools. And That's even worse. Old- yeah. Why would you why would you bury a legit team when you have so few legit teams? You've done such a good job of ruining so many teams on the raw brand that you had to bring over the best team from SmackDown, arguably, to save the, the division. And you make that tag team, the one that came over from SmackDown, look fantastic. And you bury the former champions from Raw. That doesn't make any logical sense just in creative. But when you add in the factor that it might be a petty get back at the revival for not wanting to take your pennies. I mean, $500,000 a year no, is not pennies. Let me, let me clarify. But they believe that they're worth more. So that makes it even worse. And where were the new the Viking Raiders during all of this? They were busy beating Lucha House Party to a pulp. W- why? Because, they, I don't know, Vince wants to make the Viking Raiders look great and doesn't care about the little Mexican guys. 
Uh. That's the only that's the only thing I could take away from this. Last week, you know, they squashed them before there was even a match. This week, Lucha House Party attacked them early, and they were still able to come back and beat the crap out of Lucha House Party. I don't know how long they're going to keep uh, Viking Raiders, or whatever they're being called now, War Raiders, War Machine. God damn it! War Machine! <laughs> don't work I don't yourself know into a shoot. Too late. I'm, I don't know how long they're going to keep them in squash land before they let them have a shot at this division. It Here's reeks of Bludgeon Brothers all over again to me. Right. And then you had the, you had the revival go and have a match against uh, uh, Hawkins and Ryder, and they lose that clean. It's it's a disaster. It's still a disaster. I uh, yeah. So I mean, I was reminded of uh, a review, uh, uh, an interview I I listened to one time. It was Vince Russo and uh, I forget who else it was. One of the other writers from the Attitude Era talking about how Vince, whenever he would come in, would only thing he would ever say is, "What you got for Stone Cold? What you got for Rock?" It's literally all he cared about. He only comes in caring about what's going on with the top guys, and aside from that. Okay, yeah, yes or no, do that, do this, don't really care. And, and it's obvious he does not give two craps about tag teams. Does not give two craps. Because this is still after however long. Like, it was, it was okay for a little bit there, but the raw tag division, even after the shakeup, just because of the booking that they're using, is still a disaster. Yeah. An absolute disaster right now. I save it in my uh, booking, by the way. Just so you guys know. Oh, I, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt, Nick. It's completely, uh, completely saved and re- revived. Is the, is the first thing that you do rename Viking Raiders to War Machine or something like that? Please? Oh, no. You, you okay. will not see this coming. I promise. <sighs> All right. Uh, moving on, we had uh, a whole the whole little thing that's going on with Shane McMahon and Miz is continuing. We had Miz TV with Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley out on his own, as we said, Leo Rush off TV because of backstage heat, we think. Bobby Lashley and The Miz have a little segment. The Miz basically talks circles around Bobby Lashley. Eventually, Lashley gets pissed and talks smack about Miz's dad. They end up in a match. In the middle of the match, Shane comes out, distracts The Miz with a picture of his potato head dad on the monitor. Miz loses the match, takes a spear, and then gets beaten up by Shane. Later on in the show, Miz challenges Shane to a cage match at Money in the Bank. Why is Shane McMahon on Monday Night Raw now? Because he's a McMahon. He goes where he will. He goes where he wants, man. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I just... We're still getting a lot of the authority angle, even though, you know, we're supposedly the authority now. At least since December, we've supposedly been the authority. No, we're not. Oh, no, no, okay. yep, no just, we're not. Okay. Uh, well, Shane is apparently the authority. Of, spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, the two people fighting the authority now are the Miz and over on SmackDown, Roman Reigns. The Miz is now fighting with Shane still, but this is more about the Miz and his dad, which I like. This doesn't have to do with him actually fighting an authority figure per se, his boss. It's more about. It's, it's personal between them, and I like that. Um, it was very apparent how lost Lashley is without a mouthpiece. He definitely need, he needed Leo, and uh, this was not a good look for him. But I don't know. Here's the, here's the question I have for you, Nick. Uh, so where we are now, Shane, Miz, cage match, money in the bank. 
that depending on how they work the cage match you know me i hate the style of cage match where if you escape you win uh do you think that shane will get help at money in the bank should he get help or should this just be a smash mouth two guys in a cage trying to kill each other kind of match uh, I hope it's the latter. I, I unfortunately don't think it will be. I think it's about you know pursuit and who's going to try to get out of the cage, like you said. It's, Is it about momentum? Uh, I think it's about Shane getting a high spot uh, off the oh, top oh, of the cage, oh, of course. For sure. And whether for that's sure. outside the ta- to the tables or in the ring itself, that's what it's about to me. Yep. And you know Miz will not take that move because Miz is a very safe worker. Yes. But uh, that being said... Are you happy this feud is continuing? Is the other question I have because you were sick of it before WrestleMania, and then at WrestleMania you were furious. In fact, you lost your WrestleMania pickums because you went so hard into the Miz winning this at WrestleMania. That needed to be the blow off, and that whole suplex thing should have been the deal sealer. Miz could have rolled over and pinned him, and we would have been done, blown off, moved on. Four months of our lives will never get back. But it cemented Miz as a face, and I like this angle of the Miz, even though he's back on Raw, which I think has some other interesting talking points to it. But I want this to be over. I want it to move on. I want it to become. I want Miz to be relevant again. This makes me feel like he's just treading water, maybe waiting oh, his turn. Oh no, I disagree entirely. He is having a feud with the boss's son. That's a that's a pretty dang big deal. It's not for a belt or anything, but he's in a that's a top level feud for Miz. I think that's absolutely him being relevant. Now okay. it's not him being in the money in the bank match. It's not going for a belt, but he's having a feud with Shane McMahon. That's something. A lot of times people always talk down about, oh, it's a Shane feud. AJ, they did that to AJ at WrestleMania. Oh, AJ's got a match with Shane. Ugh. That was one of the best matches of the show. So I, I don't think this is irrelevant for Miz, but I do think this is starting to get a little bit long in the tooth, and they need to have an end game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's got to be a way out. I have one. This. Whoa, oh, oh, but you'll you. have to wait till next week to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tease that all the way out through the show, guys. All right. Well, moving on. Rey Mysterio had a match with Samoa Joe, a, a rematch of WrestleMania. This time, however, Rey won. Yeah. Fifty fifty booking. All right. So I don't. I don't understand what the point was for this. It was also, it was kind of an awkward match. They botched a couple of things. The, it was supposed to be a surprise roll up at the end, and Samoa Joe ended up just laying there, not struggling for about five count while Ray was hoping to get the pin. Um, and then Ray runs up the, up the ramp and hops on his son Dominic's shoulders, and they celebrate him beating Joe in a non-title match. Yay. Okay. Uh, two questions here. Does this need to continue? Should this continue? In other words, like does this does this continue and it becomes the match or the feud that we thought they were going to have before WrestleMania, where Dominic gets involved and Joe's gunning for Dominic and Ray is uh, scared for his son and he's putting his son over and all of that, or is was this just the blow off? Ray gets his fifty fifty booking and we're done. Joe moves on. Which one? Which way do you think this is going? Um, I'm. They haven't booked a match for the U.S. title at uh, Money in the Bank for this, these two guys, have they? I don't believe they have. Not that I know of yet. So I, I think it's going to continue. I actually liked what they had going before with Andrade, Ray, R-Truth, and Joe getting involved in it. And I, oh, I, liked, the, I liked the fact that we had those four guys kind of hovering around the U.S. title. It made it exciting and relevant, and anybody could win on any given night. As we yeah. just saw, Ray Mysterio just pinned 
the the big ass Samoa Joe, little guy Rey Mysterio pinned Samoa Joe. And uh, it's anybody's game. So I I liked what they were doing before. I'm not sure. I understand Andrade had to go back. Fine, but I liked what they were doing before better. Yeah, yeah. I, I checked. They have not officially made the match, but it is predicted to be a match. So that I I agree. I missed the four way, but again, WWE typically doesn't like four ways. Uh, so I'm not too surprised there. But yeah, I, again, the only reason I could think to have this be a feud at this point is to get Eddie's son, excuse me, Ray's son over uh, with Dominic. But uh, I don't even know if that's going to work because to me, Dominic does not, he needs to go to NXT is what he's got to do. He has a lot of work before he gets any kind of presence or anything on TV. Like he doesn't have it yeah. yet. So just my opinion. Yep. Uh, we also had a Sami Zayn segment once again. He ripped the crowd. This week it was for psychological entitlement. Lots of words of the week this week. Psychological entitlement. Uh, so, opportunity. Psychological entitlement. We'll have another word of the week in a second here. But uh, this week he, he was yelling at the fans for being entitled. I have to say, as a bartender, and I've said this already once today, I'm a bartender, but here we go again. I, I, I felt him a lot on this. The, the culture of entitlement is pretty rough. This hit home for me in a lot of ways. But he delivered it as a heel. So I was in that awkward place where I was like, I like what you're saying, but I don't like how you're saying it. Yeah. <laughs> you're problem, right, but I don't, I don't want you to be right. Yeah, exactly. Which, of course, is, I think, kind of the point. Yeah. Is a, the kernel of truth, and then we just don't want to hear it. The problem is that I, I wonder, because people just started just tuning out. Because this, this went on a little bit long. And I'm wondering if, if people are, the, the, the fire of these promos, and they're great promos. They're very eloquent. He has a beginning, a middle, and an end. They're well-written. He delivers them extremely well. But they're also kind of like listening to a, a, a ranting guy in the subway at a certain point. At a certain point, you just tune it out. And I'm wondering if this is going to ultimately be a detriment to this Sami Zayn character. Is people just aren't going to care at a certain point. Yeah. You know. No, I, I, he needs a feud. This is going to get stale really quickly. Uh, he needs somebody to come out and just some face just to go, dude, shut up. Yeah, we've defined <laughs> we've defined the character. Give him a damn feud. The yeah. problem was he was supposed to be in a feud with Luke Harper, but then everything that happened with Luke Harper happened, and we got that. We'll talk about that in the news segment at the end of the show. I have all these details on everything that went down with Luke Harper, but he was supposed to have a feud with Sami Zayn, and they dropped it the last second. So that's why Sami's kind of floating around here yelling at people still. Yeah. Uh, speaking of words of the week, as I said, there is one more this week, and that is sociopath. sociopath. The Firefly Funhouse was back. Bray Wyatt had another episode. This time we get introduced to Ramblin' Rabbit, yet another puppet, which which did not look like it was made uh, at the uh, Tom Savini Horror Shop no. in any way, shape, or form. Looked like looked like a, a, a kid with one eye made it. It was it was mildly terrifying. I'll, I'll admit that. I think that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> I think the point is that it's just supposed to be just this, this messed up puppet. Uh, it worked. <laughs> it waved at me at the end when they were saying bye. Yeah, I just went, oh, uh, God, oh, what is uh, that? No, oh, God. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, so this week, we had a, it's, again, we could just dissect these. There's a, so many details and little things are going on in them that I'm, I'm fascinated every time they put them out. And the fact that they're all getting millions of views on YouTube speaks to the fact that it's working. It's effective. People are watching these. Wyatt is getting eyes on what he's doing. 
So in that sense, I would say that so far it's been a resounding success. Obviously, we're not going to know if the gimmick as a whole is a success until he gets a feud, much like Sami Zayn. And we see how this character and this world translates into wrestling. And it's obviously an evolution of his old Bray Wyatt character where he's making direct references to stuff that happened to Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, and to his, to his previous gimmick where he was painting a painting and it was of the house burning down, the Randy or the Brandy Orton burned down. And uh, I think he called him, did he call him Randy Bo Bandy? Was that on the, on this segment or was it on Twitter? I think it was on Twitter. I think it was Randy on Bo Twitter. Bandy. Cause I don't I watched him. it. It was on, it was on both shows this week. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember that. He called him Randy Bobandy. And then (laughs) Randy, of course, being Randy, tweeted back at him, well, you spent $2 million projecting maggots on the ring, so what was I supposed to do? Right. I I kid you not. We rest our case. (laughs) (laughs) Kayfabe, Randy. Kayfabe. God. Kayfabe. Anyway, but uh, but no, this was another another very intriguing episode. I I love these skits. There, he's going out there on a limb. He's looking at Matt Hardy and saying, "How do I do something like the Broken Universe?" Uh, the problem was is Matt was able to translate the Broken Universe to matches, and that's really going to be the the thing to tell with Bray Wyatt is can he translate this new look at his crazy world to matches? Because Lord knows. We've been burned before. He's been burned before in all the feuds he lost, whether it was Cena, Taker, anyone else, Randy Orton, yeah, where he came looking like came out looking like an idiot. Uh, he's got to come back looking like the Wyatt family did during their first run with Daniel Bryan with the Shield, where they were actually scary and they made you and intimidated you, and they could win. Well, guys, that's it for Monday Night Raw, but we're not done. We've still got to book some more stuff over on SmackDown Live. No, no, Nick, we're not booking stuff right now. That's you. You're booking oh, stuff. I'm still in my for head. the I'm patrons sorry. for the patrons exclusive episode of Nick books the year in wrestling. That's ah. we're not booking here. We're watching them book things and commenting on it and trying to get into their heads about what they're doing in storyline and then also predicting where they're going and as as well as giving commentary and feedback on how we feel the product is as a whole. That's our job. Oh yeah, your your job is to go write whatever crazy fantasy booking you're doing for the patrons. Well, this it's, week it's, on it's Smack- my own version of Firefly Fun. House. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to. I dive. can't wait for you guys to hear this shit. I'm I I am scared of this this episode. It's gonna be like putting on a wetsuit that someone peed in. I can already oh. tell. So oh. this week on SmackDown Live, Kofi Kingston, Kofi Kingston was all by himself with the with the help briefly of Xavier Woods, who was injured last week by Kevin Owens, who gave him a pop up power bomb on the uh, ring apron. Kofi came out to call out Kevin Owens this week. That told him he was a coward. Uh, said uh, that uh, he's uh, he's 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 going to take him on at Money in the Bank. If that's what Kevin wants, that's what he's going to get. So he wants to g- uh, challenge Kevin Owens for a match at Money in the Bank. Kevin Owens comes out and says, "I will absolutely take you up on that because you're not a good champion. You're already drowning over your head and drowning." He said, which at which point Xavier Woods came out, tried to interfere in all this for his troubles. He took a super kick into the mouth. He went backstage. He and Kofi nursed their wounds. Kofi told him not to come out anymore. And at the end of the show, we had the Kevin Owens show with Xavier Woods. Only, wait, it wasn't Xavier Woods, Nick. What was it? It was an action figure and not... 
to be not to be out there by himself. Big E also joined Xavier Woods in the chair. As an action figure. Yes. Action Big E's action figure has absolutely terrifying pectoral muscles. Can I say that? <laughs> absolutely terrifying pectoral muscles. But yes, yeah, yeah, so he has Kevin large breasts. <laughs> man breasts. Yes. Large large throbbing man breasts. Moving on. So, yes, Kevin Owens ends up super kicking the toys off of the chair, at which point Kofi comes out, doesn't say a word, just looks at him, runs to the ring, beats the crap out of him, chases him off, screaming, this is what you wanted. You asked for this. And that was how we went out of the show. How do we like the Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens feud so far? How is this as a first feud for Kofi as champion? And more to the point, just kind of like clarify that last one. Do you think Kevin Owens is right? And does Kofi feel over his head, like out of his league or over his head as champion? Let me qualify that because that's a really good point. So, yes, it does feel that way. The really? way The way that he got over in the first place was because he had Daniel Bryan putting him over the way that he did between the Elimination Chamber match, the subsequent matches in the gauntlets. You just, you could not help but root for that dude. And now it feels like he's getting, you know, steamrolled by Kevin Owens. So I, I don't feel like it's the same kind of dynamic that we had before Mania that got like him that, over though, in the first place. Hold on. I'm going to hold you on that. You, feel, you steamrolled by Kevin Owens. You feel that way, even though at the end of the show, he came out while Kevin Owens was talking smack, chased him off, and stood tall. He's a good fighter. He'll put on a good match. But I just I feel like from a presence perspective. Ah, I see what you're saying. Right? The so, ephemerals. Right, exactly. So when he was having those matches with Daniel Bryan, going through the gauntlets for that couple of months leading up to WrestleMania, where he was trying just to get the opportunity to have the match at WrestleMania, there was that presence. There was the New Day. There was the hope, right? We had hope. Kofi Mania. Oh, my God. Is this really going to happen? Okay, we got it, and he won the belt. Okay, now what? First feud, Kevin Owens. Oh, my God. That's Which is good. And it was also, I like the betrayal. I like KO will KO. You know, he'll be KO. I think that was a line that Kofi had. KO is going to be KO. You know, we try to give him a chance and he's just, he's Kevin Owens. But have we Duh. seen everything that we're going to see out of Kofi? KO is great at, you know, con- building up, evolving, continuing to do things. I- I'm not going to say the New Day hasn't been that good as well, but I, I don't know if Kofi feels like the weakest part of that to an extent. It- Kofi has been Kofi pretty much since he came out of the Caribbean slash Jamaican gimmick of his debut. So I, I don't. Yeah. There's not a lot of evolution happening there. He's still doing the same moves, still doing the same kind of stuff. Well, what's what's funny is is that, and he pointed this out in his opening speech. He said, "Without the New Day, th- none of this happens." I and agree he's with right. that. He's absolutely right. And even in New Day, he was kind of the most light of the three guys. It looked like he just had put himself on autopilot and was just out there clapping and 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 twerking and throwing pancakes. I'm like, hey man, I'm just. I'm just here having fun. I, yeah. I, I'm in my salad days. I don't even care at this point. So at this point, now he's forced to be solo. And I have to say, I, I can see an argument either way on this. But having your WWE champion come out, basically doing the New Day entrance solo with Michael Cole announcing him, which, you know, Michael Cole. Ugh, it was awkward. Uh, yeah. Stay on Raw, Michael. Yes. But having him come to the ring... Throwing pancakes and essentially doing one third of the New Day gimmick, I didn't feel it was a good look. 
I didn't I didn't feel it gave him the gravitas that I would want him to assume. Though I would I wanted him to assume a mantle of gravitas once he had that belt. And I felt he had it for a moment when he came out at the end to confront KO, but I felt that for the most part it, it didn't feel that way. It just felt like we were getting one third of the new day. And that's an issue I'm not really sure how they're going to address. And I'm worried that Kofi's going to feel like a transitional less than champ. And ultimately, this great Kofi mania story is just going to kind of get slowly washed away or maybe even quickly washed away. When Kevin Owens beats him and takes the title at Money in the Bank. It's going to happen. I don't know about that. Well, here's the other thing, the other aspect of this I wanted to get into. And that is that for weeks, we've been speculating about Daniel Bryan because we haven't heard what happened to him ever since WrestleMania. And it's been very unusual for the WWE. Usually they'll say, yes, he's fine, or no, he's not fine, and we won't tell you what injury it is, right, if they're worried about it. Like Alexa Bliss, they're like, yeah, she's got a little injury, and we don't know her time frame, but don't worry about it, right? Daniel Bryan, it was just nothing. There was nothing. And that was, what, that was really worrying because it was so unusual. Especially coming off the back of him just getting medically cleared and being able to compete yeah. again from the who he is. neck injury and all that. Yeah, that was scary. Given so, who he is and his history. Let's be first, scary. he's been medically cleared. As of April 30th, he's yes. been medically cleared. He's already done a show in Columbus. Very, he, very he, happy he, he that he's okay it. and already doing stuff. To clarify, he didn't work the show, but he was there and ready and, and, and suited okay. up, ready, ready to sure. be called up. So he's ready to go. So... Apparently, all is well in Daniel Bryan land, which to me says they will inject him back into the Kofi feud, and Kevin Owens was just a time kill. So, or or that's that's my suspicion, but which we'll see, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how Daniel Bryan fits back into this hot take. He gets inserted into the Money in the Bank match and potentially wins it with Rowan at his side helping him. That's possibly, or Kofi has to defeat his new enemy and his old enemy at the same time. Mm. The odds are stacked against Kofi Kingston. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Roman Reigns. Oh, odds, yeah. are, odds are always stacked against him, but we'll get to him in a second. Sure first, we have to get, first, we have to get to Bailey versus Becky Lynch, uh, which, by the way, this was a match announced on Twitter, I believe, this week. And I was really excited for it. They haven't ever had a match on the main roster, Bailey and and really? and, and uh, no, not no, that I, know I guess of. not. Bailey hmm. and Becky, no, but then not since NXT. Wow. Uh, so I was looking forward to see how they did. That was a it was a good match, very solid match. Um, I wasn't doing backflips, but you know they didn't have really any build for it. No, you can tell any, these two have been sticks. wrestling for a long time with each <laughs> they, other. They're wrestling, wrestling each other, absolutely good chemistry. Yep, very good chemistry. But once again, Bailey went out. She uh, she ate at his armor, tapped out, and then honestly, this was a brilliant moment. Charlotte enters the ring like Randy Orton and super kicks Becky so fast and so hard. I looked down to write a note about the match and looked up and was like, where did Charlotte come from? What the? Out of nowhere. Hashtag out of nowhere. Hashtag out of nowhere. She killed her. Came out, came out in heels. Uh, <laughs> JBC hit me up. She was, JBC's quote for this was, she could go to dinner afterwards. She's not even must. <laughs> <laughs> she's ready to go. That's it. I was like, because she's a flair. Yeah. She's a, that's what a flares do. Woo! They come in, whoop ass, woo! Time for a steak. So no, that was it. Was fun again. Uh, Charlotte Becky, eh, we've seen it. 
but at the same time, like it's it's gonna be good stuff. Like Charlotte's great, Becky's great. Charlotte's a good super kick. I just feel bad. Bailey feels like second string here. That's uh, okay. Um, We're gonna get but, that belt off of Becky so that it can stay on Charlotte on SmackDown. I'm sorry. Did I say Becky or Bailey? Bailey feels like second string right now. But for, uh, for the time I, being, I feel that there's something brewing with Bailey, and that's why they're using her the way that they are. That's just my suspicion. Yep. We shall see. But to talk about that, we have to talk about the SmackDown Live Money in the Bank entrance. Let's move on over to that because they announced who was going into the Money in the Bank match on SmackDown as well. Over here, it was a uh, there was no Alexa Bliss. Uh, running a bad segment. Nope, it was just they, they popped up on screen arbitrarily. Boop, 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 doo, doo. There they are. One, two, three, four. Uh, the women were Ember, Ember Moon, excuse me, Ember Moon, Bailey, and uh, Carmella. Ember Moon and Carmella had a little awful backstage segment, kind of reminiscent of Raw, but that's the, okay. The Sheenom uh, Ember Moon, not yes, the war goddess. Not the war. Because the eradication of the word war. Uh, continues yes. <laughs> I, they obviously figured that out they're like oh sh- crap we called ember war goddess on smackdown <laughs> shut your mouth phillips um yeah so that we got those three announced on the uh, monitor we had a little backstage segment with ember and carmella but then we also had a strange one that made me scratch my head where you had the members of the remaining members of absolution you had uh, Fire and Desire, Sonya Deville and Mandy, uh, Mandy Moore. <laughs> Mandy! Have you been watching Andy This Rose. Is Us and crying yourself to sleep at night again? Uh, no. I, uh, <laughs> why would you bring that up again? It's still sore. Uh, no, so they, you had uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose backstage, and uh, Mandy and Sonya talk about it, and they say, well, one of us can go into the Money in the Bank match, according to Shane, and one can't. And Mandy tries to disingenuously get Sonya to tell her that she can be in the match. And Sonya goes, no, it's okay. I was going to say you should be in the match anyway, which I don't know what the hell that was. But Mandy's in the match, too. I Yay. Don't know if this- Yay. Okay. Now, the only question I have, was this just bad writing? Or was this their way of saying, yeah, there's still some issues between these two. And Sonya's setting up Mandy for something. I don't know. I'm is twirling this, my mustache over here. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, I don't think this is any surprise, this match. No. Um, do you, I thought they so would at least we, make them have a match, you know, a friends match where they have to beat each other up in order to get the opportunity at the championship or the contract. I, uh, do something. Don't just no. say, oh, my God, I love you. You can have it. I love you. I love you, too. No, I really love you because I like women. No, I, but I... What? Awkward. Uh, so, hey. <laughs> So weird. I want them to do. Uh, Sonya Deville has a has a secret crush on Mandy Rose. Things. She, I feel like she's been subtly playing that a time or two. Like I don't want to. I don't want it to be a, a stereotype or anything there. But I think that would like if they're never going to do it well. But I just would. I, I feel like having that kind of undercurrent would be an interesting dynamic in this. I don't want it. To, I don't yeah. want it to go. Uh, uh, what was that tag team? Billy Gunn. Where he got married to the guy. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, it's a slippery slope into yeah, uh, Tori Wilson and Jacqueline territory. And, and <laughs> oh, we're going to end up in an office again. And Tori's going to have her. Yeah, clothes. you're right. Uh, you're right. No, I, I don't want to go there. I actually wanted to see like a modern inclusive storyline, but you know, I'm not I agree with that, that. But, it, but it's not going to go there <laughs> yeah, <it's> not, <laughs> because no. Vince McMahon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, uh, it's too bad. I love Sonya Deville. I would love to see her get a good storyline and, 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 you know, actually 
something to her character where you can have an inclusive storyline that that speaks to who she is, other than her just wearing out a, a rainbow handkerchief to try and you know subtly winkly, winkingly say at people, guess what? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, so eight women now announced for Money in the Bank: Ember Moon, Bailey, Carmella, Mandy Rose, Naomi, Dana Brooke, Natalia, and Alexa Bliss. Any early favorites, Nick? Anyone that you don't think should be in in favor of somebody else? How you like this so far? Uh, I would have liked to have seen Bailey in this. Actually, Bailey is in this. I just said that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm fired. <laughs> Mandy right, Rose. So Mandy Rose is my early pick. Uh, uh-huh, Bailey, yeah. I think, is a close second. Yes. I think it's going to stay on SmackDown. I think absolutely. I think we're going to have an interesting thing this year where both briefcases are on SmackDown uh, because we got so much going on around uh, titles and things happening on Monday Night Raw. You know, it's what? already established. You know what? I, I think that they like to have a, a briefcase on each brand. And I I have to say, I do not see the briefcase going to Monday Night Raw on the women's side at all. Alexa no. Bliss, no, she doesn't need it. I, God forbid she could be, become a champion again. Naomi doesn't need it. I don't want her to have it. And Dana Brooke and Natalia are not getting it, period. Uh, but, you know, Ember Moon, Bailey, and Mandy... I could see any one of them getting it. I agree. And going and going after and being the feud or like you know being there after Charlotte uh kind of hovering in the wings. So I could absolutely see that happening over on SmackDown. I see Drew McIntyre taking for the men and I'll explain why as we get to our money in the bank entrance from SmackDown for the men. Popped up on screen like I said and then we had a tag match of course. Randy Orton, Finn Balor, Mustafa Ali and Andrade Cien Almas who I Refuse to call them by their shortened names. Either that or I'm going to start calling Randy just Randy. Yeah. Not Randy Orton, just Randy. Randy. Not, not to be confused with Stan's dad on South Park, Randy. Randy. Randy Coming Marsh. to the ring now. Randy. <laughs> uh, early pick here for me is Andrade. What an amazing superplex from Randy. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Randy. <laughs> the most devastating letter. In the WWE right. universe, R, R, R. You be, and then Vince would hear that and be like, "Oh, let's make him a pirate, pal. Let's make <laughs> let's make Randy a pirate. He can Come team up in a patch. mixed tag match with Kyrie Sane. Can you, wear, can you wear an eye patch, pal? Okay, we're getting silly. Let's go. R. <laughs> uh, early pick here for me, Andrade. I would love to see him and Zelina Vega running around with uh, the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think he would be a fantastic entrant. He would be a legit threat to whoever held that WWE championship. I, I I like that. I, I, I like too. him with the briefcase. I just I agree with you. It's not likely they're both going to end up on the same brand. There's no way in hell the Raw women are winning the briefcase. <laughs> uh, so I just I I've booked myself into a corner here a little bit. But I I think Mandy and Andrade are my favorites to win the briefcases. Right now I'm looking at uh, Bailey and uh, Bailey and Drew McIntyre are mine, and that way you get a briefcase in each brand, a face and a heel each have a briefcase. That's kind of where I'm looking at it. I could see Andrade picking it up. I don't see Balor picking it up because he's still the IC champ. Yeah, weird, weird that it's not going to have a match. Um, and Mustafa Ali, I, I I think there's so many other things to do with him besides yeah. it would be weird for him to have the briefcase at this point. And let's face it, Randy is not getting the briefcase. No. Um, and this tag match was kind of nothing. I'm going to throw a wild card back in here of Daniel Bryan. You know, I really think that it, you know he could show back up as a out on the go home show of a of an insertion. You know, into and the take match. Out, 
take out Ali and, and sort of insert herself in the match. That's not possible. I can see that. That would be exciting. Yep. But I think that you've, I mean, looking at the men as a whole, the Raw side, not exciting, but you add the SmackDown side to it. Now I'm excited. I Agreed. like the idea of having spots with Finn Balor, Mustafa Ali, Andrade, and Ricochet, and then the big guys being Randy Orton, having physicality with Drew and Corbin and Strowman. Like, you got a bunch of big dudes, you got a bunch of little dudes. That's going to be a fun match. I'm also not as- ruling out Lars Sullivan at this point. Give me a couple more weeks, but I, I, I could see them sneak him in for just, just because. Because well, monster. no, he's, he's too busy doing absolutely freaking nothing yeah. uh, and killing mid-carters. But before we get to that, we have to talk about the man who's always got the odds stacked against him ever since John Cena retired, Roman Reigns, uh, who this week was confronted by Shane McMahon again and told that he had to, because he hit Shane's daddy, he had to have a handicap match with the B-team. Yes, go, go, go. Oh, man. All these poor guys. So this was so this was Roman Reigns. This is literally, to me, was a cut and paste John Cena 2009 match. Roman Reigns fights off the B team, and you had Elias as the special referee enforcer wandering around outside the ring, getting cheap shots in, pulling the ref out when he needed to. So Roman overcomes three guys. To, to win this match and stand tall. The entire time, the commentary is just slobbering on his Roman dong. And this, I just, oh, this was, this grated on me so hard. He's the most important acquisition of to SmackDown Live ever. The only thing that made this somewhat palatable was that it was in the mid card. The B team. It was, it was in the mid card, but they, they sold it like it was the main event. Except it, it felt like the mid card because, as you said, he was it was the B team, and it was Elias, and so it didn't feel like a top of the card feud. But did this still feel like they're rushing Roman back into this? He's the hero we all deserve. He's all he overcomes all the odds. D- does it feel like he's rushing back into that? It, it like, sounds like a trailer for Superman. Yeah. Well, and it they that's how they sold him. You know, like Roman Reigns is a big, strong guy. Like, just like John Cena was. And so to always have him presented as the underdog, it doesn't ring true. It, it, it rings true. I mean, maybe if you have it, like you said, in the Superman sense where, you know, Superman's the underdog against like five, like, okay, you've got the Phantom Zone and all like three Kryptonians come out of the Phantom Zone. Now Superman is overpowered. and He's lost his powers. Now Superman's the underdog. What are you going to do? But Roman doesn't feel that way. You know what I mean? B team comes out. I'm like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna wipe the floor with the B team. At no, no point, at no how, point, that I think he was in jeopardy here. No. And, and you know, frankly, how good did Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas look? Come on, guys. I mean, they're they're fin- phenomenal uh, wrestlers. They're great workers, but yeah. just because you're a good hand doesn't mean that you're being used appropriately. And this was just basically they were jumped up Singh brothers here. They were, and that's uh, uh, that's and, unfortunate. And because I look genuinely, I enjoy when those guys are in the ring. You guys have heard me go on and on about I the B team. I'm a big fan of of Bo Dallas, especially. Uh, just the legacy of his family and, you know, Curtis Axel, his as well. So I love when these guys, they have a lot of fun. They bring the entertainment side to sports entertainment and they're phenomenal workers in the ring. You know, they both have the wrestling pedigrees. They know what they're doing. So the combination of those two are fantastic. If they're going to be in the ring with somebody, at least they're working with Reigns. You know, I'll say that. True. They're, I'll give you that. 
But at the same time, you know, the, the SmackDown tag division is thin enough as it is, as we were just saying oh, about the Raw tag. Like, they it's gutted absolutely it. gutted. They gutted it. And here there's, a, there's a, a tag team that, you know, former champ tag team. But yet, what, what we do is we feed them to Roman Reigns. Now they look like a joke again. That's one less team we can take seriously on the SmackDown side. Yep. So that's not good. You know, and as you said, like, these are legit guys. So you, you got one guy who's a former Intercontinental champ and a two-time tag champ. You've got Bo Dallas, who's a former NXT champ. Like, nope. Now they're food for Roman. And, I, and Nick, it's been a while since I've done this, but I think it's appropriate again. Uh-oh. <clears throat> oh, boy. I'm so bored with Roman Reigns. Well, that didn't take long. It's back, baby. <laughs> it's back. Uh, as you said, Lars Sullivan was also on the show, and uh, that was that happened in a segment where the Hardys had to vacate the SmackDown Live tag team titles. Jeff is legit out six to nine months with a bum knee. He's got he's got all kinds of things wrong with it. He's going to have all kinds of surgery, so they are out. And uh, this segment was them coming out relinquishing the titles. Lord knows who's going to get them now. There's like two teams left: New Day and Heavy Machinery. I mean, New, D, New Day's not even whole. Yeah, right. He's Hardy Boys around. It's so gutted that the Hardy the champions had to relinquish the titles, yeah. and there's nobody behind them. No, no one came out to go, we'll go for them. What we had instead was Lars Sullivan to come out, uh, beat the crap out of Matt, scare Jeff out of the ring, and then scare, uh, have, another, have another fight with R-Truth. Poor R-Truth, who's back out jobbing to people. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, as Vince would say, doing favors for people. But uh, yeah, the only good thing about this was that at one point, Lars Sullivan, or sorry, uh, R-Truth came into the ring with a chair, and Lars Sullivan not only no-sold taking a chair shot to the back, but then turned around and punched the chair out of R-Truth's hands. Mid-swing. Mid-swing. That was beautiful. That was, that was good stuff. Everything else to me with Lars right at this point is it's stale. He's not, well, he's, he's too generic of a big, scary guy for them to keep him in this pattern. He's got to do something exciting, more exciting. Otherwise, this is going to continue to just devolve for him. As you said, if they had already jumped him up into the Money in the Bank match, that'd be one thing. Again, as I said last week, keep him away from Braun Strowman and the legit big guys. So I don't know what they're going to do with Lars at this point. Well, they're going to shorten his name. They're just a Lars. Too late. Uh, they're going to introduce some of the new, uh, some of the other moves that he has. The flying headbutt might be... I don't know if they're going to get past the Benoit thing or not. We'll see. I think we're he comes past down that differently. Benoit used to belly flop and actually put his head on people. Same with Harley Race. Yeah. And Lars kind of comes down on the side. Yeah. He kind of like comes down on his side a little bit. But, to he, protect but it works. I, I buy it. It works. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So I think if we can start getting him, you know, put him in a match or, so, or in a uh, something with, you know, Orton. You know, let Orton work with him uh, in a feud. Or eh. I, I don't know. I, I don't that, know I, what to. It needs to be more than just come out roar. Power freak accident, power slam, roar, yeah, exactly. music, uh, and it, it just needs to be more than that. I like big guys coming out and squashing little dudes, and especially for the Hardys, I think this was a fun send off for them. Right, put the big guy over. I get it. I get what they're up to here. It just needs to turn a corner really quickly in the next couple of weeks to give him something to do uh, going into Money in the Bank and beyond. I don't know if he's going to have anything to do at Money in the Bank. I think this is going to run until after Money in the Bank, and then one of the guys who's a face in the Money in the Bank match will end up in a feud with him, whether that's uh, Mustafa Ali, whether that's 
our truth with somebody else, whether Apollo Crews finally shows back up or whether he gets into a match with Roman Reigns. I don't know, but there's definitely people that he could or Matt Hardy. Maybe he could go into a few with Matt Hardy after this. I don't know if they'll split the Hardys back up or what they'll do, but uh, there's options for him. But I just don't see it happening until after money in the bank. The Agreed. problem is it's going to be real old by then, yeah. which is too bad. Already old as well. Oscar and Kyrie Sane. Over the, it. Uh, oh, my God. So they came out and they uh, are doing the thing that you in particular, Nick, hate. This which is, is what I've been trying to say, to, guys. <laughs> two singles wrestlers shoved together and they literally shoved their music together so that they would play like 16 bars of one of their entrance themes and then 16 bars of the other one's entrance theme. And it sounded horrible this was oh awful. god like they just had their hand on a fader like a dj's going well so, so, track b track a track b oh it was terrible and then they got to the ring beat a couple of jobbers they didn't even announce the jobbers names by the way and this was all that the iconics the iconics were over on commentary chattering away and it was frankly such an unimportant match and the action of the match was so unimportant having the iconics run roughshod over the commentary was fine with me Guys, two months ago, Asuka was a SmackDown Live Women's Champion. I just want to say that out loud. Two years ago, she was on an undefeated streak that no one had ever seen before in NXT or in WWE. But right. hey, uh, yeah, so here she is. Uh, there, here's the thing. They are presenting Kyrie Sane and Asuka as being undefeatable, as just being monsters. Great. Fine. Uh, at some point, they'll face the Iconics. The Iconics will sneak out a win, and it's just going to be horrible. Yep. I, I am already, I'm already fearful for the women's tag division. Um, say what you will about Sasha Banks, but I believe that she believed in her heart that the women's tag division could be a real thing if treated properly. And she felt that the loss at WrestleMania was not treating it properly, that she and Bailey had to establish it as being something significant and meaningful, and those titles as having value before you took it off of them. And take it, taking it off of them, as much as I love the Iconics and believe that at some point they should have had the titles on them, I did want the titles to have more value first. And I'll tell you where they messed up. Okay. They should have put it on them at Evolution. They waited too long. That well, would have given them the, the six-month run up to Mania before they lost it. They waited yeah. too long to pull the trigger. And, well, and there's what better platform to have a women's first-ever women's tag match and belts yes. awarded than the first-ever all-women's pay-per-view. That's where they messed it all up. I completely agree with you. I'm just looking at where the, the straw broke the camel's back for Sasha Banks, and the, and the left turn really happened to me at WrestleMania. Like yeah. they, they could have recovered from the Evolution thing. They should have done it at Evolution and had the time until WrestleMania and then had the Iconics take it because it would have been built up, and you'd have had Sasha and Bailey defending it a bunch of times across all brands. It would have been meaningful. But I agree. Should have been done at Evolution. It wasn't. It was taken off of them too early, and now it doesn't feel like it has any meaning and if the iconics win in a, in a smarmy way over oscar and Kyrie sane it's going to rub everyone the wrong way and make everyone not care if oscar and Kyrie win it's going to make the iconics winning look even worse there's not enough women in in the division to have enough tag teams they haven't done enough to bring up nxt tag teams it's a shambles they're not good enough with men's tag teams let alone trying to jumpstart a women's tag team division. I'm terrified, Nick. Yeah. I'm terrified of it. Uh, Especially if all they good. can do is take singles women and put them together in hodgepodge teams like this. The Iconics are about the only thing that you've got right now. So that's why I I knew they were going to put those belts on them because what, uh, hopefully behind the scenes they're recruiting talent 
and trying to put together teams with packages and story. Look at Shafir and Duke. They need to have a name, not Shafir and Duke. They need to have a single... That's what I harp on all the time. That's why this is not working. Because of what we saw with Asuka and and all things about Asuka aside. They do have a name. Two-fourths of the four horsewomen. It's called the two-fourths horsewomen. (laughs) Just saying. (sighs) This week was a perfect example of why the women's tag division will not work or tag teams in general that aren't don't have a single name, single theme, single operate as a single unit. Just don't work. That they, they, they're that are thrown together. I understand they're trying to get Kyrie over on the main roster, but just the the chemistry between like Paige and Oscar and and Kyrie. I understand the theory there, where they're trying to have a have a mouthpiece for two women whose English isn't the best. It's still maybe they just, come out next week work. as the Japanese experience. Oh oh oh. oh. Oh, Nick. You know? And they throw Nick. all kinds of stereotype on it. Oh, you know? right in the short and curlies. Why they, would you do that? They come out in kimonos and, you know, p- uh, chopsticks in their hair. You know, they just hit it right, just put it right on the nose and just be right. buttheads about it. You know? Well, now that my gonads have receded up into my chest <laughs> cavity, well, let's move on. Uh, Alistair Black Apologies had another Apologies for promo. the latent racism there. That it's was okay. not what I meant. I just wanted to rub it in a little bit about the stereotype crap that's going on uh, anyway yeah yeah it's well let's <laughs> it is wwe uh alistair black had another promo and uh this time it was floating head wizard of oz alistair black talking about why people fear him in the ring they look into his eyes and they see the truth and the truth allows them to fade to black Ooh, ooh, alistair you're so creepy and deep here's the thing i don't know what you felt about this nick but I thought that the delivery was fantastic. The verbiage was a little bit overdone. Uh, it was fine. I, I like generally the idea behind what they're doing here. It's just, I don't, I, I don't know. Are, are, they, are they getting back on track with Alistair here, or is this too corny? It's not too corny. I like that they're slow playing it a little bit. They, I think they brought him and Ricochet up too early. I think bringing them up as a tag team was too much too early. Uh, you know, we, we've talked endlessly about that. I've, you guys have heard me say before, I think Aleister Black could be this generation's undertaker. He's got the mystique. He's got the darkness. If they tweak this the right way, throw some more smoke, adjust the Tron, make him more ethereal, right? Stop messing up his presentation. Good God, get it right. <laughs> dial it in, guys. You know, I'll, gi- I'll give you a pass if you can just dial it in in the next couple of months because the potential yeah. that you have on your hands with Aleister Black huge. is huge. And if you don't get this right, you might miss the opportunity of something as big as the next 20-year Undertaker guy. Yeah, and um, oh, it will be a tragedy if in three years we look back on Aleister as being another kind of Bray Wyatt scenario. And it'll be really sad. But uh, so far, like I said, you know, I, I think that this connects on a certain level. Yep. Uh, I think it's a little overwrought, but that's kind of Alistair. It's a little but overwrought. So. This is fine. This is yeah. fine. Luckily, he's serious enough, and he makes you take it seriously. So, yep. fine. Uh, wrapping up WWE's main roster this week, I just want to talk about something, Nick. We were at, and this is actually the talk of not only the wrestling community, but apparently the TV community is large too, uh, at large, too. Uh, the ratings for Raw, a non-holiday all-time low in the modern era, 2.16 million people watching it. SmackDown Live, 1.83 million, which is the lowest since the shakeup. 
Uh, so the, the, the numbers Damn. are through the floor. They're hugely down year over year. Uh, yeah, the WWE, Sasha Banks, WWE's numbers continue to tank. Uh, you think the execs over at Fox are going, God, did we fuck up? <laughs> I mean, they could they could always just pay him the, the under and put him over on FS1. So I think they're pretty safe. Deportes. Um, but that's, this is the thing, though, is that is this this is a big debate right now. Is this something that they need to be looking at and panicking about? Or is this because here's the one of the things people say is, oh, the streaming services are all that. WWE is precipitously down more than the average for cable TV. You can look at streaming services and say, oh, well, you, you look at the mean average for cable TV and say, OK, well, they're, everyone's down because everyone is down because of streaming services. Mm-hmm. WWE is down by 20 percent more than everyone else. Well, so I think it's, it's, one, it's one thing for me to I, we don't know. We don't have Nielsen numbers for Hulu. Per show, I don't believe. I haven't been able to find anything like that. And frankly, I don't know that they report it. I don't know that NBC or, or ABC or Fox reports those kinds of numbers. So I, I don't know what to expect. USA also has their own Apple TV app. so you, And you could watch the shows there. I found that out last week. Even though it's kludgy and broken and doesn't work half the time, it's there. <laughs> so there's all. I agree completely that streaming is affecting it. I just don't underst- have a clear picture of how much so it's not the network it's not the wwe network because you can't watch it on there but the other platforms that you can i would not be surprised if you saw a teeter-totter effect where one was going down and the other was going up because for 12 bucks a month you can watch raw three hours of raw in two and a half hours because you don't have to watch commercials every 10 minutes yeah, and, and and a show that used to be, as Vince McMahon would say, DVR proof is now anything but DVR proof. I would yeah. say that most people watch this on one point five speed, or they're they're fast forwarding to see what anything happens. Um, it's absolutely not DVR proof, and the more that they have their superstars out there, uh, not cutting real promos, but you know, just out there to promote their upcoming pay per views, and nothing really to say, and they don't have these engaging feuds like. Becky and Lacey right now is a really engaging feud. Kofi and KO is a really engaging feud. But they don't have a cross. They don't have three hours worth of engaging feuds. So you're not going to be able to keep people's attentions for that long. It's one of the strengths of NXT is it's an hour. Every week, it's an hour. And 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 you know you're going to get two, if not three, completely baller matches out of that. Yep. Front to back, it's stacked. So it's not surprising to me that their numbers are tanking right now. It's going to be interesting to see how that figures into this Fox deal. Um, and if they do anything to adjust to change it, or if Raw and SmackDown are just going to basically become a giant commercial and yeah. they let it continue to slide the way that it has been, and if that's the case, what the end game is. Again, with the end game. Maybe it's because I just saw Avengers. That's why it's on my mind. But uh, Nick, there's plenty more wrestling to talk about, but to do that, we have to go talk about the wide world of wrestling. Well, the Forgotten Sons were on TV again this week on NXT because Jackson Riker. I tell you guys, keep, I'm going to uh, keep preaching it and preaching it and preaching it. They look better and better every week. Hey, all joking aside, good look for the Sons this week. They looked fantastic against Lorcan and Birch. I, I like well, and Carrillo. I, I liked this setup. Uh, I liked this match. I liked the way it finished. I liked how strong the Forgotten Sons looked. They looked better than they did a month ago in the Dusty Classic. 
I like the progression of the Forgotten Sons and Jackson, obviously. I have to say that, you know, Nick, I'm just going to say this right now. If you ever win a pay-per-view this year, if you ever beat me in the Pickums at a pay-per-view this year, you can start a goddamn Jackson Riker shrine at my place. What? Because, yeah, because I just, he does nothing for me. He's a look. He's a look and a pair of quads. That's about it. it he does Triple nothing H. for me. He, well, absolutely. I mean, I think that, I think if Vince ever gets eyes on him, he'll absolutely love him. That doesn't mean that he's a good wrestler because he's not. He's very, he's got a good aggression to him, but he doesn't flip my wig. And this is anyone who listens to the show knows that I am not high on Jackson Riker. I am not high on the Forgotten Sons. However, as you said this week, I will say they acquitted themselves very well. That being said, they were carried for most of this match by a much better team of the Brit and Brawlers and Humberto Carrillo. But uh, that being said, you know, part of, I think, the appeal of the Forgotten Sons is that they are a little sloppy. They are a little messy, and it makes them have this rough edge to their wrestling where it just feels like they're out there just beating guys up. Just scrappy biker dudes scrappy at, a, bi- at a bar brawl out behind the bar. You know Exactly. That's what it feels like. I don't think it's intentional, <laughs> but, it, but I got to say, with this match this week, it does kind of work. This was, this was, of all of their appearances, one of my favorite ones. That being said, it's like saying that I'm taller than Danny DeVito. So is everybody else. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was fine. Um, I, I will I will stick to my guns though. Where like I, this Humberto Carrillo guy, he is blue chip. He is going to be a big deal. He, I truly believe, has the total package. He's he's big, and not huge, but you know he's in shape. But he's and he's tall, good looking kid. The guy can sell, and he can go on offense. Um, I don't know how his promos are because I, I—he's not the—I don't think his English is the best, but uh, it's fine. It's satisfactory. He's—he's he's one I think to keep an eye on, and I've said yep. this week in week out. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we have found Sir Ian Dangerous's Nia Jax. Oh God. We have found have it. I, what have I done? And we're going to find some kind of goal. Maybe we lead towards SummerSlam. Maybe we wait till WrestleMania next year. Uh, but we will find some sort of way to get a Jackson Riker shrine on Sir Ian Dangerous's wall. Mark yeah, you, my words. He's going to actually have to have merch for that, Nick. And I don't <laughs> think he's important enough to even have that yet. <laughs> At least Nia Jax has some merch and some some actual presence, and has been a champion. That just actually, means I've got time. I think she might time. even have more. She might even have more moves than Jackson Riker. Anyway, moving over to another match where we had our boy Donovan Dijakovic. Oh God, I hate saying that. Dijak. Dijak. Uh, Dijak had a match with Mansoor. Uh, so Mansoor. I wasn't familiar with Mansoor. Can you? Was this one of the guys that we that were announced in Saudi Arabia that would be joining NXT? Yeah, he was actually one of the two guys that you and I even said like kind of stood out. Like he just had that natural charisma, and we were like that that guy's got something right there. And sure enough, here he is, and frankly, had a pretty solid match with Dijak. It was a the story of of you know the the plucky cocky underdog and the monster heel Mansoor being not the biggest guy in the world but he has a couple of good aerial moves he pulled out a some innovative offense as they say and uh, this was fun yeah it was a fun little match Dijak is looking more and more like a beast they've obviously worked on him and his aggression um, another guy with significantly more moves than Jackson Riker uh, but also a very similar presentation. But uh, yeah, no, this was this was fun. This was good. Needs the, more uh, facial hair. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he needs it. I don't know. I think, I think there's enough bearded guys around. Nice to have a, a kind of clean cut Ivan Drago looking dude. Yes, you know, I like oh. that. Looks, I like the like. feast your eyes thing too, where he turned around and just cross body flopped onto somebody like that off the oh, second God. rope. That was fun. He just, oh, he just tossed Mansoor out of the ring at one point. Just yeah. bye. Uh, so that was a fun match, even though, as, as you expect, Mansoor eventually succumbed to the monster that is Dijakovic. But uh, at that point, who should be wheeled out on his sofa <laughs> but the Velveteen Dream, who proceeded to just absolutely Roseanne Barr the, uh, the star-spangled banner, rewritten, of course, to insult all of the people he just beat, and Dijakovic, who uh, he says he will beat next. So what do you think about a Velveteen Dream Dijakovic feud? All in. Agreed. All hell, in. Hell yes. But who wins? I mean, do they want to keep Dijak strong, uh, or what happens now? Uh, I think Dream is on his way to being the next NXT champion, so I think he's got to drop that North American championship. I had thought previously that it would be somebody else, uh, but yeah. I ain't mad at Dijak. I believe we got said, we got a good what? Do some quick math. Eight, ten weeks to get to uh, takeover. Yep, I can work with uh, that. Actually, au contraire, my friend. There's a takeover on June seventh uh, to coincide with the Saudi Arabia show that they announced is going on this week. Uh, um, so, but it's not in Saudi Arabia. They're actually trying to figure out if it's going to be, oh, I know one of them, one of them is Atlanta and I forget where the other place they're looking at is. They haven't announced where it's going to be yet. They actually have, have taped ahead on some NXT episodes, which I have not spoiled myself on, but I, it was spoiled that they made matches for that show, uh, over the next couple of weeks of taping. So it may be as soon as a couple of weeks away, Wow, uh, June 7th that we see. Uh, Velveteen Dream and Dijak for the North American title. Yeah. I think we've so. talked about the last couple of weeks. It's, you know, there's a couple of people that are next in line for Gargano's uh, NXT championship. He's on a fast track to the to the main roster at some point, possibly even 205 Live, if you ask me. But I, I it's got to be Dream. Look at how good that was the, this week. I don't know. I don't oh, think man. he's done with, I don't think he's done with Undisputed Era yet. I think they, they still had business last week. Matt oh, sure. Riddle. Matt oh, sure. Riddle's involved in that somehow. We saw uh, Undisputed Era this week have a backstage segment where Adam Cole insulted uh, Roderick Strong accidentally, kind of intentionally accidentally, <laughs> and Roddy stormed off, and Bobby Fish kind of got in Adam's face about it. So the Undisputed Era is splintering. What's here, happening there? Here comes face uh, bo- uh, Roderick Strong, Roboderick Strong again. Oh, come on. Leave him alone. He's fantastic. I get to uh, say it again. Robot are strong in his trailer uh, park and his it'd family. Be the only reason, to, only reason to want that. Uh, also, we had uh, the debut of Kushida. Speaking of amazing and excellent things, Kushida finally in NXT. Yeah, uh, I hope they don't screw him up. God, they put him over big time, and he defeated Cassius Ono. Of course, Cassius Ono, the best gatekeeper in wrestling. I, he's the he's the most gatekeepery gatekeeper in wrestling. I'll tell you that. Just fantastic. He's like a gatekeeper's gatekeeper at this point. It's almost a joke at yeah. this point. New guy, Cassius Ono. Oh, pretty new toy, Cassius Ono. Like, eh, Cassius Ono's going to lose to him. Like, it's it's almost too much at this point. At least it's because Cassius can work anybody pretty much. Yeah. And he had he had a very good match with Kushida. God, Kushida looked good in this. It wasn't. Uh, it was a. A fraction, as always, as we always say, it's a fraction of what they can do on their first match. Uh, but my God, Kushida's good. 
between the smoothness and just knowing where to go and his, his ability and his ability to do anything. I mean, just look at how he finished this match with the way he just kind of flung himself around Cassius, ended up putting him on the ground, spinning around and getting him in that hoverboard lock, the Kimura lock that he's got. But he had it positioned, the way that he spun, everything spun around. He was able to put Cassius on the ground in a position where he could present the arm and what he was doing to it directly to hard cam. He brought him down so that you could see exactly what his finisher was and what that submission maneuver was doing to the arm, the way he was wrenching on it, so that when Cassius tapped out, you knew exactly why. That is, that is the kind of wrestling that only geniuses do. When, and, and the ability to know where to sell the arm to and to come around and put him down in that position, the way that he was, it was so fast. That's, it's brilliant. I can't wait to see what Kushida does. Uh, I liked it. I, what did you think about his entrance, what they did with his entrance? Oh, I loved it. I loved the, the it, they gave it time. You know, it, it was able to breathe. It wasn't rushed. He didn't just run out. Um, fantastic. Great ovation from the NXT universe uh, there at Full Sail. I, I, the entrance was fantastic. I love his look. I love the whole Back to the Future thing. I, I, it's great that we're keeping that. Yeah, he's been a WWE gimmick for years. Right. <laughs> just waiting. Just please bring me to WWE. I'm tired of being in Japan. So basically, you're Marty McFly if he was the greatest wrestler in the world. Got yes. it. Okay. Mm, all right. That's that's who he is. Um, uh, I think, we, I, I I think was... we got a smattering of what Kushida uh, is, is capable of here, guys. And oh. if, if what we saw... Last night was a smattering. I can't wait to see what this guy does when he gets in with a Matt Riddle. <laughs> oh, there's so many people. There's so many people in NXT. I can't wait for him to get in the ring with. You don't even know people who he's been in the ring with before uh, and, and now has an opportunity to again, you know, whether that's Kyle O'Reilly or Matt Riddle or, or Roderick Strong, any of the guys from Undisputed, really. Uh, Gargano. Good oh, yeah. God. I hope he good stays God. healthy. Um, I yeah. hope we don't get a Tommy 2.0 out of it. Um, as good as Hideo was, I, I just I don't want to see it stereotyped in that way. Agreed. I, I just I want to I want to see him competitive against the other top card guys. There's already I didn't like his entrance music for that reason. I was like, eh, there's too many like Asian-y sounding strings and already and just like just give him. I, I thought his entrance theme was a little bland and and I didn't I didn't like that. I, I, everything else was fine about his presentation, but yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously this guy's gonna get over by being in the ring, and not because of Mauro Ronaldo's twenty strained Back to the Future references in his commentary. So, uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm glad Kushida's there. I can't wait to see what he does in the WWE. From everything that I've seen of him, he's super excited to be there. So good stuff. And yep. he, you know, he came out and got his nose bloody in the first night. Yeah. Which, if Kevin Owens is any indication, is a good sign. Yep. Color on your debut is a good thing. That's a good thing. That's, a, that's the mark of a champion. Future champion. Uh, we also had a couple more NXT notes before we move on. Killian Dane looks to be coming back to NXT now that Sanity has been inexplicably split up, which is fine. Bring him down. Speaking of gutting the SmackDown tag division. Jesus. Repackage him. Get him back up. He's, he's uh, an amazing big guy. Great look. Uh, so just... You know, maybe the but both revival guys could help him. I think. Right, it, it would take, take bo- both of them to it shave would take his both back. Of Good them. lord, yeah, both them and a weed whacker. And a weed. He took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. Both, oh. both of them in a high high powered lawnmower to take oh, out Killian Dane's God. back. Um, Beth Phoenix is also going to be the newest commentator on NXT. We don't know where Percy Watson's going, but it looks like Beth is going to be replacing him as the newest commentator on NXT. So, not sure what's happening to Percy. 
He's he got real good to be honest with you. I think Percy yep. is, was uh, was very underrated. But uh, Beth is also, I think, she's got some she's got some ability uh, from hearing her call a couple of things. Like she's she needs work, but I think she's absolutely a good call for someone for them to work. Skeptically optimistic, is, indeed, is, sir, is what I'm saying. I'm just because I've heard some good, I've heard some atrocious. Yes, and I'm just like, oh, it's, it I think it's about can, who she's paired with. It it is. I mean, I've heard Renee Young be great, but her stuff on Raw has been fairly underwhelming recently. It's probably because it's just hard to commentate when you've got some crazy 72-year-old screaming in your ear every 30 seconds. So that is it for NXT. 205 Live this week. Quick rundown. The Singh Brothers, the Singh Brothers, speaking of tag teams, randomly showed up and they got beat by the Lucha House Party, which... You know, Lucha House Party needed some love after getting run down by the War Raiders over on Monday Night Raw. Jeez, War Machine. War Machine. Viking Machine Raider Experience. God. Viking um, Machine Raider Experience. Yes. Yep. yep. That's, that's what it's going to be. Yes. There uh, we go. Hashtag. We also, new hashtag for you guys. Oh, no. Uh, let it die. Tony Nese had a match against Drew Gulak. In the main event, just to establish that Tony Nese is the man, he did defeat Drew Gulak clean uh, with Arya Davari still the number one contender for that Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, next week, we've got, uh, let's see, we have a no-DQ match between Akira Tozawa and Mike ben- uh, Kanellis because this week they had a little bit of a scuffle with uh, Brian Kendrick coming to the ring, Mike ben- uh, Kanellis ambushing him, and Tozawa coming out for the save. So all of this is boiling over to no DQ match next week, which I'm actually looking forward to that. It's going to be a good match. And finally, Jack Gallagher said to, to Humberto Carrillo, they've had their differences, but Jack, even though Jack Gallagher cannot compete this week, he would like to in two weeks. So Humberto Carrillo and Jack Gallagher in what should be a very interesting match, high flyer versus a real mat wrestler mm. in two weeks. So looking forward to that yes. as well. What uh, else we got I, going on in the wide world of wrestling, sir? Ian oh, Major? yes. Oh, yes. We had some pay-per-views this week, sir. Some pay-per-views uh-huh. actually with some stuff worth watching. I'm actually going to invert this from our notes. Impact I'm going to do first. Impact had its Rebellion pay-per-view. Uh, some of the standout matches. Taya Valkyrie had a match with Jordan Grace to defend her women's title. She retained it there. And uh, it was kind of an eh match, but I always like seeing Jordan Grace work. Uh, Rich Swan had a uh, hardcore match. OVE rules uh, with Sammy Callahan. He retained his X Division championship with a crossface using a barbed wire wrapped baseball bat. Yeah, uh, that's good stuff. Yes. Uh, Rich Rich Swan just signed a big deal with Impact. He's going to be there for a while. So nice. I, uh, they they took him in when no one else would. He spoke very highly of them. He's actually, from what I've read of him, he's really matured a lot and uh, has his head on a little bit more straight than when he was with WWE. So good for him. Glad they're keeping him champ. Uh, that's that's good for him. That's, that's awesome stuff. Also awesome, Tessa Blanchard had a match with Gail Kim, kind of a passing of the impact torch, Oof. if you will, kind of match. This was actually quite good. Uh, very emotional, and it ended, it ended strong. Tessa Blanchard did beat Gail Kim, but then she exited the ring and let Gail stand tall and get some you deserve it and thank you, Gail, chance from the audience. Should, should, so, should we say it? Uh, should, what? Should, I, 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 guys... This is no. a long shot. No, I, 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 I can't wait for Tessa Blanchard to end up in AEW. I know, but it, it just feels like it's inevitable. This match made me think that that she's all in with Impact. They're they're, they're taking Gail Kim, who is kind of Miss Impact. I think they're putting that mantle on Tessa with this match. That's that's what I read through this. So I think Tessa is sticking around with Impact for a while. Okay, 
I, I think that they're. I think if they wanted Tessa, they would have gotten Tessa by now. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I could see it happening maybe in a, a few years. I think Tessa's going to be with Impact for a while, at least until they figure out if they're going to sink or swim. I'm just I'm looking at AEW going Dr. Britt Baker, Allie, Brandy. They need a they need a Tessa Blanchard. And I, I while think I agree she could, with you, yeah. while I agree with you, they need someone on, on her level. I I think that they may get a certain purple haired superstar before they get Tessa Blanchard. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, okay. And if things are continue to go the way that they're going right now. Uh, in the main events, we had Brian Cage, our boy Brian Cage, versus Johnny Impact for the heavyweight championship, the Impact Heavyweight Championship. And by God, this match was all over the place, all kinds of interference and nonsense. And Johnny gave Brian a Spanish fly from the ramp to the floor. And uh, But Brian Cage ends up coming up with a win, drill claw. And he is the new Impact Heavyweight Champion, Brian Cage. Uh, of course, after the match, who should come out but good old Michael Elgin. Uh. Michael Elgin comes out and power bombs Brian Cage. I don't know the, how wise that was because apparently during that Spanish fly, Brian Cage legit messed up his back. He was barely able to walk, unable to walk almost entirely. By the time he got to the backstage area, he was rushed to the hospital where he was told he had a, he had a bone bruise and uh, some massive swelling and possibly a small fracture in his back. Uh, he got very lucky. They thought his back was broken given how bad he was, he was messed up by the end of this. But yeah, Michael Elgin now is going to be in the title picture immediately over in Impact. Obviously, this happened because Don Callis knows him from New Japan. New Japan let him go work Impact, but said the door is open should he ever want to come back. They waited for They wanted to do this about two years ago, but it didn't happen because of the, all the social media flip-flop about Michael Elgin being a complete, utter dickhead, which, sorry, I still think he is. Am I excited for him in the title picture of, of Impact? No. No. Are you? No. 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 Every time I see him now, I just think about it. He's no, oh, he's a guy who pees on women. Great. I, I love Cage. I, I, I love, you know, we yep. saw him at PWG out in the parking lot just shooting the shit with people. That's what kind of dude Brian Cage is. I loved him in Lucha Underground. Oh. I, I think he's a, he would be a phenomenal choice for champion. It's unfortunate what happened to him. He could have a very long reign and just see him and Johnny Impact going back and forth. I chatted oh, with him. Man, it would the be first amazing. Time, first time I went to the, the Lucha Underground taping, and he's a totally down-to-earth guy. He's a sweet yeah. guy. He's uh, swole AF. Sw- like, he's a jacked dude. There is, not, there is not a human growth hormone he's never taken, but right. he's also... <laughs> He's also able to do some incredible lucha stuff because he did that before he got all big. So, yeah, I I I'm, I like to see him at the top of the card over there in Impact. Glad they're using him. Uh, just hope he gets better quickly. So, yeah, get well quick, Brian Cage. Finally, LAX defeated the Lucha Brothers to win the tag titles. Not really. By the way, best match of the card, uh, but not surprising here. Lucha Brothers off to go be in AEW. It's uh, rumored that AEW is going to lock down the Lucha Brothers by the end of the year, and they will be exclusively with AEW. So, and of course they're defending the U S I think is the asterisk button on that. that yes, deal. but yeah, but, uh, AEW is going to have a partnership with AAA and correct. CMLL. So, correct. Uh, smart, yeah. very smart to do that with, uh, oh, yeah. what, they, what they learned from being in new Japan and, and doing those kinds of deals. Very, very smart. Uh, real quick over in NWA news, they brought back the Crockett cup, which of course is a tag team tournament. Uh, remember that WWE, Hell yeah. And uh, we don't have time for me to go through all the brackets and who beat who, but it basically ended up 
Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer, who were the wild card entrant into the Crockett Cup, they won the Battle Royal at the top of the show. They ended up going all the way through and facing PCO and our boy Brody King, who's uh, I think whose bumper we should use this week, Nick. Yes, Brody King is in a tag team now with PCO, part of Villain Enterprises from our boy Marty Skrull. And they did beat Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer. PCO, Brody King are your new NWA tag team champions. The first ones since 2017 when the titles were vacated. So awesome. PCO, Brody King on a roll. On a roll. Kind of an odd couple, but on a roll. Can I just say how happy I am that NWA is back and we're it's it's it seems to be on the up and up and for, for Billy ass. Corgan yeah and, and kicking kick ass. ass yeah yeah agreed and uh so over on the women's side we had Allison K versus Santana Garrett mm. uh Garrett was in last minute because Jazz had to vacate the women's title after like 981 days something like the 982 <laughs> she was she was the champ forever but she ultimately had to vacate because of uh, medical issues and uh ultimately Allison K beat Santana Garrett she's your women's champion your new NWA women's champion uh Colt Cabana had a, match with, had a match with Willie Mack for the national title. Colt Cabana won and is your new national champion. Yes. His first feud will be against Cowboy James Storm. That's going to be a good feud. Colt Cabana. Congratulations, sir. Yes. Um I suspect this is because uh, they took it off of Willie Mack because right now Willie's having some uh legal problems with Lucha Underground. They are suing NWA for using him. So Willie's trying to get out of that Lucha Underground contract like everyone else is. Run, run, run from Lucha Underground, uh, unfortunately. Glad and we finally, didn't get tied up in that shit. <laughs> it was a close one. It was a close one. Yep. Uh, and finally, the main event. And by the way, my match of the week, Nick Aldis versus Marty Skrull for the NWA title. This match was amazing. I recommend watching the, uh, the build-up to it, the promos they cut on each other. Watch this match and then watch the aftermath. Fantastic stuff. This is fa- absolutely gr- like the great kind of stuff you want to see in wrestling. Uh, it's a great story, the way that they wove it in with their real-life story, the respect that was shown after the match, and how intense this match was. There was blood everywhere. Um, pint of blood on the floor afterwards. It was a great match. Damn. Fantastic match. Highly recommend everyone go check that out. Uh, but Nick Aldis does win and retains his NWA title. Uh, how long before the Young Bucks and Cody uh, give Marty a call, you think? Uh, as soon as his Ring of Honor contract is up, yeah. <laughs> which should be actually... Well, I, I actually now. thought this was what was holding them up. Wait, is it the Ring of Honor contract? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So any, any time now, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Well, guys, that's it for the wrestling and the graps. Uh, it's time to do some listener questions from our yeah. patrons. Thank you very much for your question. I want to preface this by saying uh, there were some issues with Patreon this week, apparently. I got notes from several of you, uh, Will and uh, Lyle, and, and several other folks reached out to me and said they were having issues getting access to the post. I did confirm that everybody did have, they were, they are actually patrons, but for some reason they weren't there. So, guys, if you had issues Aww. submitting your questions this week, please open a ticket or submit a support at patreon.com. Just shoot them a note, let them know what you're running into. Um, I can confirm everybody that reached out to me today are patrons. So thank you for re- letting me know that that was going on. But we still did get some folks that, that got them in. So let's go through those real quick, Ian. If you would like to get your questions in, guys, patreon.com slash BWO. For just 5 bucks a month, you can get your questions answered four times a month on every single show we do. Uh, first question up is Andy. 
There used to be a time when Shane McMahon was a special attraction. Now he is across both brands on all pay-per-views. My question is, why is a 50-year-old who can't wrestle taking the spot of a capable superstar, and I will not accept, quote, because he's a McMahon as an answer? Oh, well, then I don't have an answer for him. That's literally the only reason. It's the only reason is because he's a McMahon. And it's because it's because his fault. Well, okay. Not because his, just he's a McMahon. He could be anybody. But his father believes that he is a draw. His father believes that his stunts are a draw and that he is a draw. So whether that's Goldberg coming back for a, a time or two, Brock Lesnar being a special attraction, he's a, he is a special attraction guy who every time you have him is a draw. But Shane's there all the time, so he can use him whenever he wants. And I honestly, I think also because Shane wants to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And obviously that also boils down to because he's a McMahon. He wants to, therefore he can because it's his company. Um, beyond that, there really is no other reason. Yeah. So you know he wants to, his dad wants him to, it's their company. That's the bottom line. It's the only reason why they're allowing him to do that. At the end of the day, though, people do like seeing him jump off things. Honestly, his match with, with The Miz at WrestleMania entertained the crap out of me. I loved it. I liked his match with AJ, too. To me, I think that um, while there is a certain element of let a wrestler have that spot with Shane McMahon, I think Shane's also paid enough dues over the years as a spot monkey wrestler where I, I don't mind him being out there that much. And frankly, him, him in this feud with The Miz uh, and to a lesser, much lesser extent, Roman Reigns, it doesn't bother me because it's not the typical authority angle. With Roman, it is a little bit more because it, they got Vince involved in it. But with Miz, it doesn't feel like an authority angle. It feels like you know, a, a wrestling angle. And if you had any older wrestler who's a, a, a legacy wrestler, 50 years, you know, 50 years plus a legacy wrestler. Remember when Hogan came back? Yeah, I didn't want to see Hogan wrestle, but there he was. Some people did. A lot of people want to see Hogan wrestle. He was a special attraction. He was 50 years plus at that point. Why not? The only weird thing I can say... Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I'll say to add on to what you are is I feel like there might be an, uh, they might be trying to use Shane much like they used Vince in the late 90s. I, I, you know, that's, Vince played a character on TV. He intermingled with everything there. I'm wondering if there's something going on with that. He wants to play a character on TV. I personally think this is more Shane than Vince seeing him as a draw. I, I think Shane wants to be on TV. He wants to wrestle. He wants to be in feuds. He wants to act. And I, that, it, you know, he luckily his dad runs the joint. You do you realize know? that he is uh, the same age that Vince was in the late '90s. Yeah, that's my point. That's which is crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you, Andy, for the question. Eric, next up with Brock's retirement from MMA and his desire to retire from wrestling at Mania next year, how soon do we see him pop up on SmackDown to take the title off of Kofi? This is interesting because I actually was I had this uh, Brock's retirement over in the uh, news segment here, uh, but I guess we'll talk about it now, at least in theory. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about him coming to take the title off of Kofi, although Lord knows he could with his one hand tied behind his back. Um, but I, I, I don't... I would not be surprised if he popped up at some point within the next year because here's the thing. The reason he, quote, retired from MMA was because they wouldn't pay him what he wanted. And the, Brock's whole MO, his entire career, has been pay me, no, F you. Prize fighter, yeah. 
Absolutely. And and he wouldn't he, they wouldn't meet his terms. He knows what he's worth. Vince probably will. Um I don't know if he's going to come back for the WWE title. He'll probably come back for some title. He'll have another run. We'll all get sick of him again. And that'll be that. Um I don't know how soon it'll be. I mean, he, it's Brock. It could be as soon as SummerSlam. It could be as late as Survivor Series. It could be not for another year or two. Who knows? Surprise it's, entrant in the Royal Rumble? That, that, that'd be interesting. I think he's too big for that. I don't think he would just be a surprise entrant. I think he would show back. You know, It'd be one of those things where all of a sudden, on a, the Raw after Royal Rumble, all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. You know what I mean? That'll come out. So, yeah. I, I, when... Who knows? You know who knows? Not even Brock knows. He's probably playing it by ear too. As soon as they, they get that contract signed that says he's going to make enough money to do it, yep. that's when he'll be back. That's when. Eric, thank you for the question. Last, Mr. Divian draws. We are just weeks away from double or nothing. Do you see anything stopping the hype train they have created through their YouTube channel? I want to I want to go first on this one, if you don't mind. I recently marathoned back through all, I think it's 14 episodes, including this one from this week with Cody uh, cutting a promo on his brother. Oh, so good. I, 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 I was playing something the other night, and I just kept, I just put the playlist on, and it just played through all of them. How far they have come in the last three to four months uh, with the production value of that. And the way that they do little Easter eggs and teases and the things that are on the whiteboard behind, uh, I can't remember the guy's name that's their talent uh, manager. Uh, just th- they'll do these little cutaways. And if you pause it and look at what's on the, it, it's great. It's like the old fashioned police stuff that we used to love. They would just hide these little things in the backgrounds. So go back and marathon through it again if you guys haven't really watched it thoroughly because it's fantastic stuff. And yes, the hype train is real. But it's, what's going to stop it? What would stop it? Uh, is what he's asking. Not much. <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see double. I'm going to give them three pay per views. Honestly, I, I actually, you know what I want to do? The pay per views are fine. They're one off exhibitions, as far as I'm concerned. Until they get the TV rolling on a weekly basis, I'm giving them a pass. Until then, but I want to see like three months of TV that has rolling pay per views and stuff. But yeah, that hype train didn't stop it anytime soon because they're doing something on YouTube that has not been done well to this to date, and they're nailing it. Yeah, and it's I think it's so strong at this point. Like I, you know, I, I to take this literally, what would stop this hype train? Uh, something coming out like Cody rapes kids, the Young Bucks are serial puppy killers, or or Tony Khan like actually seriously pulls his money. From this, it had to be something on that level yeah. for this to, for this tra- train to stop. And people are, oh, it's a it's a TV company until they have a, an actual event. They already had all in, dude. Uh, and I know this is a bit, a bit of a different animal, but the the excitement, the hype, and the numbers are there. So double or nothing is going to be a success. It is, and it's just where they go from there. Yep. So yeah, the the hype train is real. It is going, and very very little could stop it, barring something. Absolutely insane. Severe. Yeah. Severe. Thank you guys for the questions this week. Again, if you'd like to get your questions in on next week's show, head over to patreon.com. Sign up up for that $5 tier or higher. You can get lots more stuff above and beyond that, but all it takes is the $5 a month contribution and pledge, and you can get your questions in every single week. Patreon.com slash BWO. But Ian, we're not done. 
We've got just enough time to do our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Well, my first item was going to be Brock says he's retired from UFC, but Eric already asked about that. The only thing I was going to say uh, about this now, actually, is that he wanted a flat fee now that pay-per-views are behind the ESPN Plus paywall. In, in other words, they're online only, and the UFC said no. So that was why they didn't meet his financial demands, was he said, just pay me a flat rate. Who knows what that was, but it's probably huge. Because they were there were the TV numbers, uh, they said no. So he said bye. Uh, in other news, John Moxley is back. You know the indie name for Dean Ambrose. Yes, but uh, he cut a promo this week. You can find it online. I think it's been posted in the uh, in our Facebook discussion group. It's uh, it's pretty cool, but it's really high production. So a lot of people are already speculating that maybe it was done by WWE. Maybe this is some long swerve. Dean's coming back as a new gimmick. Some sort of weird things going on where WWE is still involved somehow with Dean Ambrose. It is definitely uh, a worth a watch because it is it is interesting to see what Dean is up to. Uh, I'm very curious to see what he has up his sleeve here. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Luke Harper, we have some more information about his release and why he quit. Uh, the big news that came out of it was because he didn't he couldn't do a southern accent. And Vince yelled at him at one point because he couldn't do a Southern accent. Uh, in, in other aspects of it was uh, he was trying to continuously pitch ideas while he was out with the injury. They turned down every single pitch. He wasn't booked after he was cleared except for access. And then out of the blue, Vince was like, hey, you should be in the Battle Royale at WrestleMania. And he was like, okay. And it was there last minute. Um, and then the, it was a mess with him and Strowman because Strowman forgot his spots. But looks like Harper got blamed, and so he got cut out of the Zane, the Sami Zayn program. Told he was told he wasn't need for needed for TV. Uh, he was told he's supposed to come back for a match with EC3 to test out the Drake Maverick with EC3 thing. Vince hated it. He was sent home again, and then he they, he wasn't put on either brand, and that's when he was asked for his release. So the whole thing just sounds like. A, a giant cluster for poor Luke Harper. Again, uh, you can. I will try and post it in the Facebook Facebook discussion group. Back in 2014, they actually had him come out at one point and try to do a Southern accent, and it was just it. It's legit awful. I can't but wait here, to hear his first interview on whatever podcast he lands on. Maybe I'll shoot him a note. Oh man, yeah, shoot him a note. Why not? Let's yeah. try and get Luke on here because I would love to hear what exactly went down. Because this just sounds like WWE not getting him, specifically Vince, just not getting what an incredible talent. He really is uh, trying to shoehorn into these cartoonish double WWE things and just it not working. But yeah. I'm looking forward to him being released and and going somewhere that actually appreciates him. <coughs> AEW. Uh, Dean Malenko has quit as a WWE producer. He is also no longer with WWE. Nick, I think you know what that means. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. Oh God, Dean Malenko, going to. Ah, uh, 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 That's a. I, I think that's a big loss for WWE. He he produced a lot of matches that I I found out that he produced that I was like, that's a really good match. Uh, so I'm, yeah, big loss for them. I'm I'm waiting to hear what his reasoning was for leaving. But Dean Malenko is out of WWE. Out of Lucha Underground is Jeff Cobb, Famous B, and Sunny Kiss. And possibly Willie Mack, as I mentioned earlier, they are all now part of this class action lawsuit against Lucha Underground and their parent TV company, trying to get out of their overly restrictive contract they were forced to sign. This is uh, this is gutting Lucha Underground because Jeff Cobb was Matanza. 
their big bad guy. The center. Famous, <laughs> famous B was on every episode this last year. Sonny Kiss doesn't surprise me. He's over in AEW now um, and was a big part of last season, but, you know, that doesn't surprise me that he would want to move on. Willie Mack, another guy has been there since the first season who wants out. This is I, To me, this sounds like rats leaving a sinking ship. It's been happening for a while. Uh, yeah, you can kiss Lucha Underground goodbye. They've lost yeah. everybody. Yep. This is brutal. Uh, also, speaking of losing, uh, NXT has lost Stacey Irvin, who is a very talented gymnast. He only had one televised match, uh, so you might have you might have caught him one time. But he looked like he was going to be very promising, but he had a concussion scare back in January, and uh, it looks like he is not going to continue wrestling. It scared him a little bit too much, so he's going to go find out what he wants to do with his life somewhere else. He's out of NXT. Uh, progress is super strong style 16 has released its brackets it is a tournament and there's a lot of nxt talent in it you've got uh, chris brooks and Ilya dragunov trevor lee versus aerostar travis banks versus djz artemis spencer versus david Starr, kyle o'reilly versus chris ridgeway darby allen versus paul robinson lucky kid versus jordan devlin that's gonna be mm. a baller match and Kyle Fletcher versus Daga. So it's a really good, great place to see the uh, the indie guys getting back in there with some NXT guys. I have a feeling because of their ties to WWE that we'll probably have someone associated with NXT winning the Progress Super Strong Style 16, but we will see. That is coming up between May 4th and May 6th. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Progress is still an excellent, excellent promotion. Yes. Uh, as I said earlier, there's another... Uh, WWE show happening in Saudi Arabia in Jeddah on June 7th. WWE hasn't even mentioned it yet, which is interesting, but it is still about a month away. So we'll see if they start talking about it. What stupid name they come up with it up, up, up for with it. What? Uh, Sasha Banks. Where? Uh, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker and Goldberg are uh, expected to be there at this show. Of course, they Goldberg, are. Goldberg. They're pulling for this. They're, they're getting some money, uh, and apparently Saudi Arabia wants all the uh, old part-time stars to show up for this thing. Uh, apparently, they wanted Yokozuna, but, you know, he's <laughs> dead. That was, a, that was a joke from last year, by the way. Yeah. I just had to bring it back because it just it says a lot. Uh, and uh, final couple things, NXT UK. I just mentioned Jordan Devlin. Well, he just had a match with Walter this week on NXT UK. That was an awesome, awesome match. And as you'd expect, Jordan Devlin got the shit beat out of him. <laughs> he took some huge chops. Walter got bloody, actually, too. It was a really nice, brutal match. Go check it out. Jordan Devlin versus Walter on NXT UK. And finally, as of today, March, uh, March 2nd, May 2nd, it is The Rock's birthday. Happy 47th birthday Yay. to The Rock. You are, uh, you are the man. How, how do you look that way at 47? I want to know, where is your fountain of youth? Uh, it's called HGH and lots of pancakes and getting up early in the morning and doing an insane amount of working out and being in shape and being positive and doing everything right in your life. That's how you do that. That's all. It's simple. One other thing I'm going to tack on to the NXT UK, Pete Dunne has officially declared that he wants his rematch for the NXT UK Championship against Walter, and Walter, without saying a word, nodded his head and agreed. So we'll see when that comes down. I'm assuming that's going to be whatever in the pay-per-view next, they in have In the next, next couple of weeks. In yeah. the next couple of weeks will happen, yeah. I believe it's already been taped, actually. 
Oh, well, don't spoil anything, Surrey and Dangerous. Guys, that's our show this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. As always, come join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group over on Facebook. You can get in for weekly threads on every WWE show, live chats for the pay-per-views, watch parties for the pre-shows, all kinds of good stuff. It is the hub of our entire operation. If you're not in the Facebook discussion group, you are missing out on some quality extra content above and beyond this show. You can also follow us on Twitter over at BWO Podcast. YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash busted wide open. Be sure to hit that little notification bell so you get alerted anytime where we put up new content. And last but certainly not least, huge, huge thank you to all of our patrons. I cannot stress it enough. You guys are the rock of this show. Thank you very much for being willing to throw your hard-earned coin at us so that we can continue to do this show. Patreon.com slash BWO. If you want to get in for some sweet swag, some cool perks with different tiers, all kinds of good stuff over there, thank you very much for your support. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. But I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, but somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.